This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Craig. <laughs> who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Joe, stop yelling at me. I agree. All right, welcome once again to the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Krejci alongside, as always, the king of banter, very good family man, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? It's WrestleMania week. That is the path of glory. I cannot wait to see what you've decided for this this year's path of glory. I got my notepad ready. I'm sure all of our listeners cannot wait for you to tell them what they should watch this weekend with all the uh, great wrestling that's out there. So, A very neat and tidy condensed <laughs> WrestleMania card to talk about today. A lot of clarity, a lot of understanding of what's happening when and, and where and and who's wrestling and what matches or whatnot. So yeah, it makes it's going to make our previews really, really fantastic. Um, we have a, obviously this week a bunch of you know previews of all the other WrestleMania <laughs> weekend shows going on and you know written and audio previews on the website. So just yeah, business as usual, perfectly normal WrestleMania weekend here. No, it's a good thing because, uh, well, I guess it's not a good thing that everything was canceled, but. Um... I don't know any other way to phrase it, but there's so much to get to this week. I don't know how we would have ever gotten to all of the WrestleMania stuff. It basically just saved you a ton of time because you would have spent basically the last two weeks doing those uh, preview shows for every single WrestleMania show. And there were more than ever this year. Right. And you would have done fake game changer. You would have done (laughs) everything. I mean, we would have done everything because we always do everything. But, uh, you know, and and the other thing, and I talked about this behind the paywall is – Every week I crack my knuckles and I say, oh, yeah, the flagship this week, uh, we're not going to have anything to talk about. We're going to be in and out in an hour and 15 minutes. And it's the complete opposite. I don't know how this keeps happening, but I feel like there's too much. There's still too much to talk about every week on the show. And I fear that there's going to be an overrun because we're not going to get to everything. But I think I've got to figure it out. It's because with so little actually happening in wrestling, the little that is happening, it's you, you feel pressured to watch it and keep up with it. Right, yeah. This week alone, I watched all of a Pressing Noah show, all of an EPW show, all of, uh, you know, a, a lot of Big Japan. I, I've been watching, yeah. So it's like, normally we probably would have said, hey, uh, this EPW show, let's let's watch the main event or whatever. Let's watch, you know, the Davis Storm match and, and, and talk about that or whatever. We'll, we'll just do that, the, the uh, Marcus Pitt-Davis Storm match. So let's just do that. But I watched the whole show. I watched every single minute of it. The GCW Acid Cup. I probably would not have watched the GCW Acid Cup on, on regular circumstances. Instead, I watched both days, end-to-end, <laughs> every single minute of that show. Noah, the same deal. I would have just jumped to go uh, Fujita and said, okay, that's the match that everyone's talking about. But no, I instead I watched every minute of the Noah show. So I think what we're doing is instead we're just watching every single thing that exists. Every first-run wrestling that's out there right now, we're watching. 
And we wouldn't normally yeah. have done that. And, and like you're saying, for the WrestleMania weekend, this weekend, I wouldn't have talked. I would. There'd been so much else going on that I'd say, Joe, I'll watch Go versus Fujita, but that's it. I got. I'm not going to watch EPW. I'm not going to watch Big Japan. I'm not going. I'm going to focus on the WrestleMania weekend stuff. And you may have just quickly said, Hey, I watched the Big Japan. There was some good stuff. Here's a little highlight. But instead, we can now talk about that fully. We can talk about the entire Noah show. So I think that's really where it comes down to is we can't. We we don't have an option to prioritize anymore. We basically just have to watch everything, which is fine. It's cool, but. It kind of feels, in a way, it sort of feels like a throwback because because for a while there, once once the wrestling world got really busy over the last three, four years or whatever, we've had to kind of let some stuff go. But this kind of feels like the 2014, 2013 flagships where it would just be like in a given week, we would just watch everything that we could. Everything that made tape and everything that had been released on the high seas or was available to watch somewhere, we'd watch. We'd watch every single thing and talk about every single thing, and then it got too busy, so we had to say, okay, you know what, Noah, we're just going to put Noah off to the side, and maybe we'll talk about a big match or whatever, or, ah, you know what, Dragon Gate, we'll do our usual, where, ah, we should never stop watching Dragon Gate, and then we'll stop watching it for three months, or stop talking about it for three months, but now we have, like, no, we have to just cover everything at this point. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's just almost like, I, for me personally, with such little wrestling, when something does emerge or actually take place or make tape, I feel like pressured to watch it and keep up with it. It's weird. And like you're saying, if this were just business as usual, you would have just blown off something like big Japan this week, but it's there. So you watch it. And then if we watch it, we talk, we're going to talk about it. But then I look at like this, this uh, run sheet. Well, hypothetical run sheet. There's no actual run sheet. Uh, It's just uh, scribbled notes in my uh, spiral notebook. I'm like, can, do we have time to get to all of this? No. So we've got WrestleMania that has about 900 matches this year. Um, there's some AEW notes we want to get to. And then, of course, the Noah show we have to do. And then we're going to do some Big Japan. And then we have to get to the EPW show and the Game Changer shows that we've been talking about doing for three weeks. We must get to that this week. If we don't get to those this week, we're never going to get to them. And it's going to be old news anyway. So uh, definitely – a packed lineup again, and every week we come on here and say, ah, this will be <laughs> the last week. one. Yeah, next, next week's going to week, be bad. Yeah. We're, we're going to be doing some retro content. No, it won't be. There's there's, there's going to be continue to be something uh, to talk about because even if there's not shows, there's there's going to be news. Um, and, you know, there's going to be Dynamite. Uh, you know, they, they've taped way ahead, and MLW is good through May, and Impact has, I think, three or four more weeks left of stuff, and who knows what WWE is going to do. There's going to be some kind of of actual wrestling to talk. Yeah, about. Yeah, it's a benefit to being a catch-all podcast as well because I feel I feel bad for like you know Super J Cast Damon and, and and Joel who they just cover New Japan, which is great. They do it better than almost anybody else uh, in, in the world. But the problem is with no New Japan running, it's just like. All right, here we go. And, like, they're doing a great job with it. If you're, if you're not listening to the Super Jcast, they're doing a fantastic job kind of filling that gap with retro stuff, question and answer, all that sort of stuff. But we have the ability to just say, you know what, fuck it. New Japan's not running? Cool. Let's go watch Big Japan. Hey, you know, WWE's running bullshit and we don't really want to talk about it? Screw it. We'll talk about Noah. Like, you know, we'll talk about indie wrestling or we'll do retro stuff. So we have the ability to kind of touch all different levels of wrestling or just talk news. We can just shoot the shit about the news going on in wrestling as well, which is always going to happen. There's always going to be cancellations. There's always going to be movement. There's always going to be something happening. So that's one of the benefits is that like there's ways where we can adjust our show um, into any sort of format that we want. And we've gotten to the point now where people listen because they want to listen to us, not necessarily, oh, they're going to talk about Champion Carnival or they're not going to talk about Champion Carnival and they're going to talk about, no, I'm not going li-. to Like, people just listen because, hey, it's Joe and Rich talking about wrestling. And that's that's another cool thing as well is that it doesn't really have to – the subject 
to matters to a point, but also that people just kind of like listen and do us talk about anything. And 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 hopefully with all this, like maybe there's an opportunity for people to watch wrestling they'd never watched before, see stuff they'd never seen before. So there's there's a blessing in disguise with this as well, where I think you can, you know, maybe watch a Noah show when you haven't watched a Noah show in years. Like I I you know, I haven't watched a full Noah show and I can't tell you how long. I just haven't had the time to do it. Where this week it was like ah, it's kind of cool. Just put on Noah, hit play, and just sit back and watch the whole thing. So. Joe Lanza and Rich Creature, the draws. Absolutely. <laughs> We're the draws. That was wrestling shit. So, of course, with all of this content to get to, uh, which we fear we may not be able to have the time for, <laughs> of course, we're going to open up the show with a hard sell for a new subscriber tier because, of course, that's the priority. Um, so, yes, we have rolled out a new subscriber tier behind the paywall. On uh, voiceofwrestling.com uh, slash Patreon. There is it that is. One work? Yeah, you nailed it. Or Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling, whichever one. That's the one I usually use. I don't know what happened there. I got I got confused. Uh, but they both work, right? Both of those links are Both valid. those, yeah, they'll go to the same place. Voiceofwrestling.com slash Patreon or Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling. Either one will work. That's really idiot proof. You know, they, they got you covered on all ends. Um, but we rolled out a new subscriber tier, a $10 tier. It's called the Super Fan Tier. And uh, what that will allow you to do is uh, beginning next week, you can listen to this show live. We will be doing this show live each and every week. And um, uh, subscribers to that tier can listen to the show as it's happening instead of being forced to wait 12 to 24 hours for the show to either be edited or uploaded or, or – you know, but but it's going to be raw and mm-hmm. it's going to be unedited and it's just going to be you know you're not going to get any uh, bells and whistles you're not going to get the intro music you're not going to have you're going to get bouncing around Japan without the music you're going to get uh, you know any uh, mistakes uh, or, or piss breaks or anything else so uh, you know there's some there's some caveats to that oddly I think that's a draw for some people uh, to to hear the show. In its uh, in its rawest form. Yeah. But- well, when we fuck up, you're gonna hear us fuck up. Like I blew the intro just <laughs> just a minute ago. I, I started saying Joe, and I I don't know what the hell I said. And yeah, you're gonna hear that. Like that that we're, we won't edit that out. Yeah. So if you want to go on Twitter and laugh at us when we screw up, uh, you know you're paying for the right to do so. But uh, to me, the big draw is you get to listen to the show live as it's happening and hear it first. So uh, that will be one of the advantages of the ten dollar tier. We are also beta testing the ability to call into the show, uh, both the flagship and then some other ideas for some uh, for some paywall specific call in shows, such as live Q and A's, as opposed to emailing or texting or sending in your questions uh, through through the Patreon form. You'll be able to call in and ask your questions on Q and A's, um, and the, the live instant reaction shows also uh, behind the paywall, but also the ability to call into the flagship. Now we want to clear some things up when it comes to the call-ins because that has some people nervous and rightfully so. We all know that, you know, if you listen to wrestling observer live or some of Wade Keller shows or, 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 uh, or just sports talk in general, sometimes callers are, you know, just flat out atrocious and uh, that's scary. And people don't want that to interfere with uh, the flow and the rhythm of the flagship. But what, we need you to understand is these will not be open phone lines, number one. 
So it's not like there's going to be a phone number and you're just, you know, people, anyone can just hammer that number and call in and, and be goofy or just, or prank call us or, or just be a dope. It's not going to work like that. There, there are not going to be any open lines. It's going to be a very controlled environment. First of all, only $10 subscribers will have the ability to call into the show. So right there, that sort of mitigates some silliness because who's going to pay money to be an idiot? I mean, you know, it, it, that right there is going to eliminate a lot of that factor. Number two, it's not going to be anonymous. We're going to know exactly who's waiting to come on, and we're going to choose who comes on. So we're going to know who's coming on uh, out of this pool of people. And then if, uh, you know, they do choose to be an idiot, uh, they'll never get on again. So it, it, it's very easy to filter that out. It'll be a one-strike rule, and and they'll just be history. And you know, if you want to get on and goof around and, and, and uh, uh, you know, basically the only people that are going to hear that are the few people that are listening live because we're obviously going to edit that off before we, you know, uh, post the, 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 uh, the flagship for the masses. So it'd really be a waste of money and energy to be goofy uh, with the call-in. But here's the thing, Rich. I don't think that our listener base, especially the ones that are going to pay us $10 a month, would be apt to, to behave that way anyway. So I, I, I don't right. see it as a major concern. And, um, you know, as far as caller quality, uh, look, I have faith in our listeners that the call quality will be a little better than what you would hear on open phone lines on other shows. And the other thing is uh, 99% of the time, the calls are going to be limited to a specific topic as well. So we're going to be asking people their opinion on something. Or to ask us specific questions on a specific topic. So it's going to be a much more controlled environment than what people are thinking. They see, oh, we're taking phone calls and they just assume it's going to be, you know, uh, you know, uh, James from Kentucky who used to call Wrestling Observer Live all the time. or, or, or uh, Ryan from or, Cumberland is the current Ryan guy. Ryan from Cumberland yeah, yeah. is the new one. Yeah, yeah, I used the reference from 15 years ago. But, you know, yeah, Ryan from Cumberland is, is the new one who everybody is. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be uh, the paying subscribers. They're not going to be anonymous. We're going to know exactly who's getting on. And here's the other thing. It's not going to be a major part of the flagship. Right. We're not going to get on the air here and just, you know, put our feet up and, and, and listen to calls and then just berate callers for three hours. Like, that's not going to happen. No, it might be uh, a slow week where there's not much to talk about and it just fills out the end of the third hour or something like that. Or one specific segment. Mm-hmm. Where we're taking, we don't know, really know yet. It's all new to us too, and we're right, we're, right. Or oh, there's call-in shows that we said too. Like we, we're we're planning on doing specific shows. Like we do the Q and A's all the time, where I ask for a call for questions. You've done some of those as well. That will just be, hey, instead of a call for question where you comment on a Patreon post, you call us here and we'll talk to you. And we'll have a conversation with you guys. So that's where I really think it's going to benefit as well. There's going to be the component where a, a certain flagship segment will have that, but then we'll also have our, our, our full Q&A shows, which I think will be a lot of fun because it will be a little bit more of a back and forth and we can kind of spend an hour just answering questions and talking to people and, and, and talking to our listeners. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, and they could ask follow-ups and have a conversation with their Q&A questions as opposed to just putting a question out there and then maybe we don't answer it in the way they wanted it answered or whatnot. Well, they're right on the line. And here's the other thing, too. If the calls are bad, you don't think we're going to have fun with that? I mean, you, you don't gonna... know us. <laughs> you do not know us. I I once hosted a uh, a show that had call-ins many, many years ago, 643 Sports. That was my first foray into podcasting. And, man, we... We, we lived for the bad callers, <laughs> like the people that are absolute dopes. That was the way to go. It was great to have a, a, great callers were great, 
But dopes were great too, man. So yeah, if you don't think that us who rag on everything that make light of anything that can happen in the world don't you don't think we're gonna have fun with that? You you're you're lost. People are thinking, oh, there's gonna be bad callers. <laughs> You're going to want a few bad callers. Yeah, you should be happy. (laughs) You should be rooting for bad callers. You don't think we're going to roast and humiliate people who call up with horrible opinions? I mean, please, we're going to kill them. We're going to crush them. I mean, you should be hoping for a couple bad ones to sneak in there. Um, But yeah, you know, so uh, that's sort of, again, we're kind of still testing that out. And it's never going to be a major, it's never going to take over the flagship. It's going to be a very small part of the flagship. And if you want to avoid the calls and, we haven't been able to sell you on them yet, or you think they're horrible, then just avoid the calling Q and A. You don't have to listen to it. You know, uh, you, avoid that part of it. But um, you know, all the written content will be behind the uh, ten dollar tier now as well. And then we've got some other ideas cooking that we don't even want to hint at or talk about because then if we can't deliver them, we look like we're cheating people. So, but there are some other things um, that we haven't mentioned, uh, you know, publicly that you know ideas we're kicking around that. I think will be really cool if if we can do them, but I'm not comfortable enough, you know, talking about them until um, I'm confident that we can at least uh, give them a go. Right. But right. Um, not, we don't, don't want to bait and switch anybody and say, "Hey, subscribe because of this," and then it, it can't happen. That's just not. God, well, we don't have the technology. Other patrons will do that. We we will not. So. Yeah. So there's some other things too, and as we become confident that we can at least attempt them, we'll do them. Now, here's the thing with the calls: if it doesn't work or it's or, or, or they're just bad, we'll just won't do them anymore. I mean, that's the other thing, too. I mean, if it turns out to be a bad idea, we'll just chalk it up as a bad idea and we'll punt on it. It's not, you know, that big a deal. But um, but I honestly, look, I, I, I think it'll work out. I think um, I have confidence in the listeners, particularly the subscribers, and I have confidence in the fact that it's not open lines and that we have full control. I mean, you know, we see who's... Uh, who's who want you know the way it'll work is we'll see exactly who's wanting to get on and it won't be anonymous and we can just avoid people who have either had bad calls in the past or uh, you know who we don't think are going to bring anything to the table and um, you know and and just not put them on so uh, from that standpoint you know um, I just wanted to clarify because there's a lot of confusion people on Twitter people on the Discord who who. And, and to be honest, it's not their fault because we didn't make it clear how it would work. We just right, said right. we're doing calls now. So, uh, so you know, I, I totally get it. But uh, the response to the new tier has been very good. Uh, it's always a little nerve-wracking rolling something out because then if uh, nobody's interested in it, you just you feel like a loser. You feel right, like everybody hates you. people sign up and we're like, oh, no, we have to do a live show for two people. You know, like. Yeah, that too. I mean, honestly, I just fucking cancel the thing. At that <laughs> right, point. just give me your money back. Here you go. Here's Sorry. your money back. But it's just more of an ego hit where it's like, oh, we have this exciting new thing, more of us that we're offering to you. And then everyone's like, well, we don't want more of you. No, thanks. That's just an ego hit, you know. But uh, but the response has been good and it, it hasn't been humbling. It has been flattering. So um, and, and that's without even, you know, advertising it here on the the flagship yet which is obviously the biggest piece i mean you could tweet it out um you can you know put it uh, on the patreon and the discord but uh, today is really where the masses will be learning about the new subscriber tier and uh and and listen they, it's like this is look i would also urge people to just subscribe period i mean the five dollar tier is still a, a a tremendous and ridiculous value that i wish we would have went more expensive on to begin with 
but it's set in stone and it is what it is. And we're never going to raise the price on that one. And it still gets you pretty much everything we do with the exception of the written content. That's it. You know, and, and the ability to listen live. So uh, if you're a $5 subscriber and you fucking live in Bangladesh and it just doesn't make sense to listen to the flagship live and there's no need to upgrade to the 10, you don't, you're not going to be losing anything. Right, we're not taking anything off that tier. Yeah, you're still going to get House Call and November and Thursday TV reviews and all the stuff that was on the $5 tier with the exception of the written content, which I was doing on every tier. Uh, but now that'll specifically be on the ten dollar tier. All the stuff that was on that five dollar tier is still there. We haven't moved anything from the five dollar tier to the ten dollar tier. The ten dollar tier is all live content, the ability to call in, and then all of the non audio stuff, which is written stuff and anything else that might be coming down the pipe that isn't audio. That's all. So uh, if, if if it just if it doesn't fit your budget to go up to ten. Or if you don't live in a time zone where it makes sense, where you can't take advantage of the live shows, and you don't want to go to ten, you don't. You're not going to be really missing out on new content. This is really just an expanded tier for the complete psychopaths who really can't get enough of this and and want to listen to it live and want to call in and yell at us and don't want to miss any of the written content. But uh, everything else that you've been getting on the five dollar tier, if you're already a subscriber, just sit tight. You're not going to be missing out on anything. Absolutely. And and I, I just want to explain a little bit as well of, of, of the tech that's going to be kind of happening for people that aren't quite a, sure. And, and, and this is why we've kind of waited a week uh, to really roll everything out because it has been a little slow and the connection between Patreon and, and some other services has been a little slow. But uh, essentially, the call-ins are going to happen on our Discord. So that's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord uh, is how you join there. And when you become a $10 subscriber, uh, there is a, a, a quick little tutorial that shows you how to connect your patreon to your discord it's 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 pretty easy uh and those people that were on five dollar tiers that then upgraded to the 10 initially we got worried because people weren't initially weren't weren't being automatically jumped up to the ten dollar now that's happening so patreon and discord are finally talking to each other so those people are getting a gold name so it'll be obvious who the, the super fans are but if you jump into discord you've never done discord before i understand it's kind of daunting and you don't have to if you don't want to deal with all the other channels and have all the chat and all that sort of stuff that's fine we absolutely get it but it is the easiest way for us to do the call so what you're going to do, uh, you go to voicewrestling.com slash discord. Uh, that will then ask you, you know, about what you want to do for your microphone or whatever. Because, yeah, we're going to do this all through the computer. Uh, but you can use your phone, too. Discord has a phone app. You can, you can use that if you just want to call in uh, on your phone as well. And what we have is there's voice channels on that discord. And there's two channels. There's flagship superfans Q&A live. And that's the channel that you will then be put in when you're live and when you're on the air with us and when you're talking and, and when you're answering a question. Like we said, we're going to see who, who you are. So we're going to say your name. Okay, you're live. You're going to be in that. You'll know that you've been put in that call and you know that you're live. You'll hear us talking to you. It'll just be it'll be pretty obvious from there. We also have another channel called Flagship Superfans Q&A. Now that channel is going to be where you want to go if you want to call in. We're going to assume that if you're in that voice channel, and, and, and again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'm always up on Discord. You can find me at the top there, the captain, uh, Rich Creates. You'll find it pretty easily, and I can explain it all to you. And it'll be a process. Like we said, it's beta. We'll try it out for a few times. If it's a complete disaster, we might find a different way. But I'm pretty confident this is going to work. But uh, if you're in that that flagship Superfans QA voice channel, we're going to assume that you want to be called on. So if you're in that channel, make sure that you're not taking a piss break, that you're not talk, taking you know another phone call, that you're not not in the room or whatever. Because then what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna go through that channel and say, okay, boom, we're gonna put you know blank up, 
and you're up. And we'll say your name, and if you don't answer in a few seconds, boom, you're done, and you go to the back of the line, and, and, and you're done from there. So that's that's kind of the holding cell is what we're kind of calling it, sort of the call-in line. But assume that if you're in that channel, you need you want to be called on. So don't you know? Don't get surprised or shocked when you're in that call, you're in that little holding pattern or holding cell or whatever, and you can put on the live feed and we we say your name. Like be prepared for that to happen when we say the calls are going to happen. So if you're um, in that channel, it's the same as calling in and being on hold. Right. Yeah. We'll assume that that's hold. Yeah. Hold's probably the better way to, to put it. Yeah. You're on hold when you're in that channel, and and be ready. Because at any moment we can pop you back up and, and, and you can be ready to go. And you can listen to the – you'll obviously be listening to the show live. We'll, we'll put a, a link. Right. We're streaming on YouTube and we'll put a link in the Discord channel. We'll also put it up on, on, on Patreon. So you'll get a link and you can listen. But it's a little delayed. It's simil- it, It's exactly like listening on the radio. If anybody has ever called into the radio, it's a little weird at first. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening on the radio. And all of a sudden they're – you know two minutes up and then they call you and you're like, oh, crap. What the hell? And you're you're going to turn off your radio. You're doing that sort of stuff. That's, that's obviously – We'll run into that, I'm sure, uh, a few times. But, yeah, if you're in that hold channel, just assume that at any point you could be called on. And, we, and we'll tell people to go to that channel right now if you want to do a call. We're not just going to have you sit there for three hours and just say, okay, now we're going to punch this guy. Like, we're not going to do that. We're going to tell you, okay, this segment we're going to take calls. That's when you'd go to the holding cell, and that's when we can then push you up into the live feed as well. So that, that's how it's all going to work. Uh, it's all going to happen on voicewrestling.com slash Discord. And, again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at Rich Grage. We'll do some tests. Uh, as well we'll probably do a call-in show um before we kind of get stuff off and running just to kind of give everybody an idea of the flow and and, and give everybody an idea uh, of what's going on you don't have to call like that's the other thing too you can subscribe to this listen to the live flagship enjoy the call-in shows but you don't have to call it's only for the people that want to do that it's not like you know i think there's enough benefit there of just listening to the flagship live or listening to the call-in shows live it's not only like oh well if i'm not going to call i'm not going to get my value you're still going to get all the audio we do you're just you know if you don't want to call and you don't want to talk to us that's fine if you do that's even better yeah, and those call-in shows. Um, am I on mute? Oh, uh, you're good. You're off. You're you're. I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. So those call-in shows again, they will be um, again. You you you'll have the ability to listen to all of those live, but they'll also be archived behind the ten dollar tier. Right. So, like Rich is saying, if you don't ever want to call in, but you want to listen to all of the call-in shows or just never miss any show that we do. Then that's you know you, you don't have to call in. You can subscribe to the tier to guarantee that you don't miss any of the call in stuff, whether it's the Q and A's. And I think what's really exciting is the is the instant reaction live shows because you, we can have people call into those and tell us what they thought of whatever show we're talking about, whether it be a pay per view or, or or what have you. Um, you know, so so that's interesting too for when we do instant reaction live having people call in and 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 discuss the show that we just watched but uh yeah basically don't go into that uh hold room if you don't want to be on the air just don't hang around in there there's no point to be in there if you don't want to get on the show if you're in that room we assume you want to be on the show and remember you'll be listening to us live so you'll know whether we're taking calls or not on that there's going to be some flagships where we don't take a call Right. In fact, most of them we probably will, but some of them we will. And since you'll be listening live, you'll know whether we're taking calls or not and when exactly we're taking them. That's when you want to hop into that room and, and be on hold and wait to get on. It's not a room. If you're a regular user of Discord, it's not one of the rooms you want to hang around in. There's no point. You know, uh, Stay out of there unless we're taking calls and then you want to be someone who's going to get on the air. But um, but yeah, I, just, I think it's uh, – I think it's exciting that we've gotten to the point where we'll be doing this show live every week. Uh, that's what excites me. Um, it, it's 
it's not really that much of a change, honestly. I mean, most of the time we do a clean three-hour take. Uh, you know, it's very rare that we screw something up. Like Rich said, it's either, you know, the intro uh, where he gets tongue-tied and has to do it four times before he gets it right. <laughs> or we'll screw up an ad read, you know, and have to start the ad read over or something like that. So you'll hear some of that stuff. If you're looking for, for fuck-ups and mistakes and miscues, I mean, uh, you're really going to be wasting your money. I mean, we really – Honestly, I mean, we joke around, but there's not a ton of that that goes on. It's a pretty clean recording. Once in a blue moon, someone will take a piss break. So you'll have to endure that if you're listening live. And again, you just won't have the bells and whistles. You know, you'll hear us set up some of the bits and and leave a space for the music, but then you're not going to hear the music, you know. But uh, for everybody else who's not listening live, nothing changes for you. You just get the same show as usual, all cleaned up and ready to go, fully edited. Uh, when you normally get it, but this is for people who uh, just you know would prefer not to wait. And uh, if you have the ability, now listen, everyone has the ability now to listen live. I don't care where you live, I don't care what you do, because we're all locked in our houses and nobody's going to work or school. So um, maybe this is a tier. It's a, it's like it, you know, it's the worst possible timing ever to ask for more money from people when unemployment rates are unprecedented and there's a global pandemic. Uh, but it just happened to work out that way. I mean, you know, it wasn't. We've been thinking about doing this for three, four months, and you know, it just all came together now. But uh, but on the flip side, we're all locked in our houses and all of our schedules are thrown off. So uh, there's never been. A better time to really uh, subscribe to a tier like this because you can take advantage of listening live until our lives all get back to normal. And then, you know, if if you're at work or asleep when we normally record, it might not make as much sense for you. But um, it's really an upgraded tier. If you're not a subscriber currently, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't be if you already listened to the show. I mean, the $5 tier is obviously one that you should be on already. I mean – uh, that's a tremendous value. You can get a ton of audio and uh, try that one out. And then uh, if the $10 tier works for you, you know, consider upgrading. All right. So that's it. And, and we should note another thing as well is is if you're looking for, oh, they're going to go live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. It, that's not going to happen either. We go live at various times. We'll let you know. You'll usually have a 6 to 12 hour notice of when we're going to go live and what time we're going to go. But um, very often we can't guarantee that it's going to be a certain time like our lives the way our lives are structured there's just no way for every single thursday at 7 p.m where us to go live like it's just impossible for us to do that so uh keep that in mind as well is that there might be times where hell right now we're recording this at 11 a.m <laughs> you know, i don't think I've, i can't imagine i've ever talked to you this early uh before but more times than not it'll be a wednesday or thursday more times than not it'll be a afternoon late afternoon early evening type stuff but again i don't want to i don't want to promise hey every thursday at 7 p.m central time clear your calendar because that's when the voice wrestling flagship's going to happen we try to keep it in a certain time we usually do those two days but circumstances can can sort of change that and on any given week as well so just keep that in mind that if you're subscribing hoping that oh i can't wait every thursday for these guys to talk like it doesn't happen that way sometimes we just have to adjust our schedules based off you know who's uh who's doing what what's going on in the lives who's watching kids who's home what wife's home you know there's there's a bunch of stuff that we have to deal with uh in, in our normal days so yeah just keep that in mind we'll try to get plenty of lead time each week though as much as we can when we figure out when we're doing it you'll know that's yeah. basically what it right, comes right, down right. to. We just have to be a little more proactive and, you know, you know, we can't have those weeks where we figure it out five minutes before we're going to do it anymore. You know, we just got to figure it out at least a day ahead or whatever. But we'll worry about that. Also, a quick note, if you were a $2 subscriber, I sent a mass email to all of you 
But in case you haven't seen that, because not everybody checks their Patreon messages, I get it. The $2 subscriber tier has been retired. It has been unlisted and eliminated. Nobody else can join. But if you're still on the $2 tier, which was the overrun tier, the overrun has now been moved to the $5 tier. Okay, But if you are a current $2 subscriber, nothing changes for you because you've been grandfathered in into perpetuity. Okay, As, uh, you, you will remain on that $2 tier. You will still have access to the overrun until you either cancel your subscription or voluntarily move to one of the other tiers. Okay, so it's a tier that can no longer be joined and can no longer be seen by the public. But if you're in it now, you will remain in it until the end of time where you choose to no longer be in it. So I just want to make that clear. Is that a clear explanation, Rich? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's good. So, yeah, you're you're not we're not forcing you to we're not saying fuck you. You're not getting any of our content anymore. We're not saying, you know, hey, no upgrade right now or you're gone or your history. We're just nobody new can join the tier. But you guys that are still on the tier can still listen and still get the content. It's just we don't want new people joining because we don't know that we can. We we don't we're not supporting that tier anymore. But we're 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 not supporting it with new content. Or well, I don't know exactly the right way to say it. we're not getting we're not getting rid of it all the way. But we're kind of you know what I mean like we're we're we did, look the tier. It, it, the fact of the matter is the tier wasn't very popular. Right, yeah. So and there's just no just... point in putting effort into it. Anymore, right, so. so we just moved, and, and and all it was was ability to listen to the overrun. It was people who didn't want to miss any of the flagship but weren't really necessarily interested in any of the extra content. But they didn't want to miss any of the overrun segments, so that's what that tier was for. And we do have a, like a dozen people who subscribe to it, so uh, we didn't want to screw them by saying, listen, if you want the overrun, give us three more dollars a month. We didn't think that was fair. We kind of thought that was bullshit. So because Patreon does offer the option – to grandfather people into canceled tiers, that's what we decided to do. So we're not forcing you to pay us more money or asking you to pay us more money to keep listening to the overrun. And we're not giving you the boot and telling you you got to get the fuck out either. Uh, we thought the fairest thing to do was to just uh, grandfather that tier, keep it alive, um, uh, but uh, but 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 uh, make it unlisted so no one else new can join. Right. So. Um, you can stay on that tier for as long as you want, and you will continue to have access to the overrun. But any new subscribers who want to hear uh, the overrun, the overrun has now been moved to the five dollar tier with the rest of the um, with the bonus content and the one dollar trial tier that remains as well. But that tier has no guaranteed content. That tier is just when we feel like giving something out on a trial basis. Hey, try out this show, and it's only going to cost you a buck. That sort of thing, which has actually been a very successful tier. That tends to work. When we put something out there for a dollar, people do tend to try it. So, And that's also a way if like you don't really want anything extra from us, but you feel like just supporting us, you could throw us a dollar a month. That's also why that's there. So uh, hopefully that clears everything up yep. for everyone that's on every tier. It, it clearly lays out what you're getting for $10 a month and uh, people um, really are positively responding to it. And we will start the live shows next week. It's not like we've never gone live before. We've done live things behind the paywall. Right, 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 right. We've done instant reaction shows live and stuff. So we, we've done it before. Yeah. I mean, I think the last one we did was, did we do one for this year's Wrestle Kingdom? Yeah. Cause I had no voice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you were dying. <laughs> yeah. We did that like six o'clock in the morning after wrestle after the, one of the nights of wrestle. Kingdom. I think we did both nights actually somehow. 
Yeah. So we've done we've gone live before. So I can't imagine like, why you were sick for three months after that. <laughs> you know, as you're sick, yeah. staying up all night and then having to talk for an hour afterwards. Yeah. I can't imagine why it took you until mid March to, to lose your cough, but Yeah. But um, you know, expect some more live instant reactions moving forward. And uh I guess we'll talk about some wrestling now. So Rich, we gotta start with the uh the granddaddy of them all. Is that how they call it? They don't call it that. What do they call uh, they it? Used they to, no, it? they used to call it that. I, I still, they I still, I always, I always throw that into my, uh, I did a preview for the website, voiceofwrestling.com as well. I always, uh, I always called it the granddaddy of them all. Because they, they use that for a long time. They don't say that anymore. Uh, this no, year. No, they call it the, uh, don't they call it the grandest stage? They did they that too. It. There was the granddaddy of them all. That was like early 2000s. Then there was the grandest stage of them all. Uh, and now it's too big for just one night, Joe. <laughs> Too big for just one night. Absolutely. Look at this card. Oh, my God. Uh, it's unbelievable. So, um, first off, I mean, before we kind of get into the card itself, how absurd is this show that it's happening, that it's existing, that it that it, it, it's so weird? Like, I, I'm i not saying that they shouldn't run or whatever. I Whatever. That, that's a dis- different discussion for a different day or whatever. But it's just absurd. It's a two-day, three-and-a-half-hour. There's a pre-show. There's no crowd. It's it's it, again. It's two nights. We don't know what's on what night. They're advertising matches that aren't going to happen because guys have pulled out. And anybody that knows anything about wrestling or follows wrestling knows these guys have pulled out. But they're still advertising them for events. Roman Reigns is still on the poster. You know, I mean, it's just it's so ridiculous. It's on the WWE Network, but it's also on the Fox Sports app for sixty dollars. It's also on Fight VoiceWrestling.com slash Fight. By the way, I Joe. W Network, you can get it for free or you can get $10. But honestly, I believe the best value is going to voicewrestling.com slash fight and buying it for $60. I'm just saying. No question. No That's question. The, the better deal. value is going to voicewrestling.com slash fight and giving them $60 as opposed to, you know, getting a free month on the WWE Network. I think the 60 bucks is a way more stable, uh, better option. Voicewrestling.com slash fight, by the way. If you go to fight.tv, eh, not that great of an option. No, Voicewrestling.com slash fight. That's your option, baby. That's the uh, that's the that's what you want to do. <laughs> Anything that gets JL a taste, that's <laughs> right. the best option. Okay, so uh, definitely do that. You know, you don't want to subscribe to that hokey network. No, that network's that. bullshit. Yeah, it's garbage. But uh, I mean, you can subscribe to it for other things. But this is WrestleMania, you want to make sure you're watching it on the best quality, the best value in wrestling, and that's VoiceWrestling.com/slash/fight, of course. So. I trust the fight stream, my friend. <laughs> It's a tremendous stream. You can't trust the network with their buffering and their wheels. Yeah, and, right, right. This new network, the new updates are all just garbage, too. It's so. not MLB Advanced Media anymore. I don't trust them. You got to go to fight, but only voicewrestling.com slash fight. Yeah, right. Fight TV, I don't even I, I don't know what if that's even the same stream. <laughs> I don't even know what they're doing I on fight.tv. can't don't even care. verify that. <laughs> Cannot verify that. Don't know for sure. Don't know for sure. It's absurd. And, and then you, the Fox Sports app. Why is that even existing? I... I think the uh, – I had heard somewhere, and I don't remember where, may have been Meltzer or something, that Vince McMahon's idea is to just get the show out in as many outlets as possible and just get the word out and don't worry about what anyone's charging or what how much money's coming in from where just to give people as many options as possible to order it. So you've got some cable companies that are offering the two nights together, some that are offering the two nights separate. It's just a mess. It's a disaster. It's absurd. This entire thing it's, is just ridiculous. Yeah. And then you're going to get uh, a 900-match, two-day show in an empty building. And we've all seen what empty building WWE wrestling has looked and felt like. Um, it, you know, despite the fact that they have, 
the most money and and top notch production and everything else. I they've done the poorest job with the empty arena stuff in terms of atmosphere. I think, and and I don't even think it's close. I mean, we're gonna talk about those game changer shows later. They had a better atmosphere. Oh, absolutely, than, yeah. Than the WWE shows have with no budget. Um, highly questionable how they achieve that. <laughs> we'll get to that, I guess. But uh, social distancing, never heard of it. Yeah, Um, (laughs) It's literally a child running on this. Bring a toddler to the show and during this. Sure. So I showed showed the nurse because we did it for uh, for Patreon. Uh, We did uh, the house call and I showed the nurse the uh, social distancing match. And she was just like, is that a toddler up there? Are those women sharing a bottle of water? I I shouldn't have shown her that because, like, she's in the fucking front lines, you know, putting on gowns and doing all this sort of shit. Like, right now, she's literally taking care of, like, seven COVID patients, right? Like, as we speak, because I'm fucking around with you doing this podcast, she's out there risking her life taking care of patients. It's it's incredible. But she comes on and she's like, hey, what'd you do? I'm like, ah, you know, watch some wrestling and fucked around the computer. What'd you do? Oh, I (laughs) put my life in danger for 12 hours. Oh, that's cool. God, fucking around with you it's incredible but like i showed her that match and she's just like oh dear god what's going on like why is this happening so uh, she appreciated the effort given to the social distancing but less so of the crowd interactions uh and particularly when shane mercer came out after the social distancing match and spit water in the air and spit on his opponent not not necessarily yeah. <laughs> enjoyed it quite as much so. what'd you do today rich i talked about wrestling for three hours what'd you do michelle I watched a man cough himself to death. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I put three people in a body bag. Oh, all right. <laughs> Similar days. <laughs> had. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the atmosphere on the, on the WWE shows has been by far the drabbest, just the worst. Um, it's just, uh, and now we've got two days of this. I, I assume they'll do some different things for this. We've heard, look, you've got a boneyard match. You've got, the fiend you've got some things where they're clearly going to get creative and do special effects and do bells and whistles it's gonna be bad i mean we know that hopefully it'll be fun bad hopefully it'll be so bad it's good and it's not just flat out bad and hard to watch um and we kind of got a sneak preview of what they're going to do for some of the other matches because i don't know if you saw nxt this week but they're kind of doing the takeover matches uh, you know, one or two per week that the matches that were intended to be on the takeover that's right, not right. happening. So this week they had the three-way for the North American title and on the video board, there's a giant banner that said takeover or whatever, just to give it a little different feel than the rest of the stuff that was that was on NXT. It's also interesting that all these shows still also have all the pirate imagery for Tampa Bay, right? For the Tampa Bay Buc... Because they were going to be in the Buccaneers yeah, Stadium. Yeah, Raymond James. They were going to be Raymond James, yeah. Right, and for you know, there's a lot of people who don't follow the NFL or aren't even American who listen to this who may not know, but that football stadium is the home of the Buccaneers, and there's a there's literally a giant pirate ship. Yeah, that fires off every time they score a touchdown, which is incredible. Right, like it's a real pirate ship in one of the end zones, which fire they fire a cannon, all that bullshit. That is why there's all this pirate imagery for WrestleMania and the surrounding WrestleMania events, and that's another weird like thing surrounding this that they haven't dropped any of that pirate imagery. Now it doesn't mean anything. Now you see skull and crossbones everywhere and it means something very different in fact. You know with 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 people dying of the thing. So it's 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 just all of this is so fucking weird and I can't imagine. Now I've seen some people trying to be optimistic. Ah, oh, the shows will be good. Look at the look at the matches. 
I have no confidence that any of this is going to be. No, I, I hope I'm with you that my hope is because I have ze- I, uh, literally zero confidence that I'm going to enjoy watching these shows. To me, I hope that they're just fun, dad, that they're just so absurd and so like atrociously weird or just so bizarre that it's fun because it's just and and, and I don't mean that to be like mean like because there's a lot of matches that I am looking forward to. But we've just seen what it looks like. We've seen what the empty arena WWE aesthetic looks like and it stinks like the matches just don't work. They, they just the style doesn't work. The, the, the flow doesn't work the way that they play to the non-existent crowd doesn't work it just none of it works the aesthetic just does not work in an empty arena we've watched it fans are reacting as well you can look at the ratings you look at the ratings fall like other people are noticing it as well Uh, people the first empty arena raw did pretty good the first empty arena smackdown did pretty good and little by little week by week people have gotten away from it because it's just it's it's weird it's just not a good way to watch wrestling And, and the other people saying oh it's a good escape what escape are you getting from that it's it's a it's a fucking it super to the face of the reality of life that these guys are wrestling in front of no crowd, that there's nobody there. It's 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 the least escape that you can have. The best escape is to watch an old wrestling show. The best escape is to go watch WrestleMania 17 and go, ha, ah, the, the Astrodome, it's filled with 70,000 people. This is great. The, 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 the Who escapes by watching an empty arena show? Who escapes by watching, you know, a, 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 a silence as both men sit on the floor waiting for a This Is Awesome chance that's never going to come? Best escape is watching a movie or Tiger King <laughs> right. or whatever. Not, yeah. This is a constant reminder of what's it's going slap on. Slap in the face every on. second that there's nobody there and that there's a fucking global pandemic and everything that you loved is no longer the same as it used to be. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, 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 I honestly don't think there's much of a chance that this is going to be I, – I, Rich, I think it's close to 0% chance that we come on the air and say WrestleMania – what a show. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's impossible. It's 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 just not going to happen. And even if the wrestling is good and wrestling is fine, like, it's just and, – and this is the way I've I've kind of gotten as well. And there's – you know, what we'll talk about it when we talk about some of these other shows. You know, the Empty Arena stuff, and I mentioned that when, when we first were kind of floating the idea of this Empty Arena stuff, is that, you know, the, the novelty will wear off a little bit. And there's different companies that I think have done a decent enough job with it. And I think, like, Dragon Gate did a good job by putting the wrestlers outside of the ring. Game Changer, like we said, did a good job. Uh, you know, AEW, I think, has done a pretty good job, but we've seen weeks, and we, now we're, we're, what, you know, three, four weeks into this, I'm almost a month into it. Right now, the WWE aesthetic for the Empty Arenas is just a dead, lifeless arena, but the guy's wrestling the same way, and the, and, and the people wrestling as if a crowd is still there, and it just, it, it there's a giant disconnect. It just doesn't work. Yeah, uh, and these are going to be long shows, and there's two of them. I mean, I, I almost feel like they should have downsized instead of making it bigger. I mean, that's just such a Vince McMahon thing though, right? Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. It's perfect. It's just it's all become a dick waving thing with him with this. It's like the natural inclination would have been, okay, if we're gonna go through with it, let's just pare it down to our five or six biggest matches and pay off these storylines for people. Rich, we really need Otis versus Dolph Ziggler on this I, thing. I couldn't we believe really... that. Why is that? I, mean, I just looked at this thing, and I, I guess I didn't know that that was a match on WrestleMania. I'm looking at that going, oh, my God. I'm going to I'm gonna spend 15 minutes of my life <laughs> watching an empty arena Dolph Ziggler-Otis match. What the fuck? It's, it's, it's uh, you know, so they went the opposite, and they kept everything on it, and they split it into two days, and presumably these are going to be, what, three, four hours each? Uh, minimum. I mean, 
I think they've said three and a half hours for for each of these. So we're we're so looking at seven, seven hours. hours. I mean, I you, you, at gunpoint, I'm not watching these fucking pre shows. Get out of here. I mean, I don't watch the pre shows when there's a whole crowd and all that shit. I am not watching a second of these hour and a half pre shows or whatever. But aren't yeah, they, they not putting matches on the pre shows? I don't. I, I don't think so. I, I think it's just talking heads. Which God help anybody. Uh, who's you know what? That. I wouldn't be stunned. I wouldn't be stunned at all if they move some of these matches. To, I, mean, I would hope so. Anyway, what's the difference? Yeah, I, I would hope so. But yeah, they, they've said. I think they've said three and a half hours. So there's seven hours. Of empty arena wrestling coming our way uh, this weekend. So, God, I mean, I have to force myself, and I mean force myself, to get through NXT every week because of the atmosphere. It's hard, and I don't subject myself to Raw or SmackDown. I mean, I just catch what I need to catch on their YouTube page or whatever. Because I can't, I can't sit through three hours of Raw. Like it's hard, you know. Can I ask you something too? Because yeah, I yeah, seem to ahead. be the I seem to be the only one with this opinion. But everyone is saying that the promos are so great without the crowd. Mm. I think they fucking stink. I cannot stand the promos. Am I why am I on this island by myself? What do you think? No, of these I'm, I'm right with you too. They're they're okay. So like the actual the bare bones idea of these promos, which is people looking into the the, the camera, the people being able to just talk, like that sort of stuff. That's I, I understand. I understand why that would be appealing to people. And that in a large case is appealing to me in some way. That that I wish more promos were like that. But these particular ones, like you're saying, particularly like the Edge and Orton ones, are just as cringy as possible because they're Rich, Edge and Edge and Orton are getting universal praise. Like there's people going as far as saying I'm now convinced Randy Orton is a Hall of Famer. Based on this feud, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not making that I know, up. I know. I've seen that. Like people think Edge and Orton are just knocking it out of the park, and I watch these things, and all I can think about is these. They, to me, they come off like high school juniors auditioning for fucking guys and dolls. I, I can't, you know, you know, for for the school play. I, it's awful to me. They're borderline unwatchable, and I feel like I'm the crazy one because the rest of the world cannot stop fucking jacking it to these Edge and Randy Orton promos. I I think they're flat out bad. And it's not even necessarily because these two men are doing a bad job. It's just it does not work in this atmosphere. Edge comes off like he's totally overacting in these promos. And if there were a crowd there, I don't think he would come off that way. But he doesn't have a crowd to play off of. So he's making these facial expressions. And he's throwing back his hair. Yeah, yeah. And he's pacing around. And I'm like, this is the corniest fucking shit. I cannot take it. Well, he looks like a he looks like a psychopath because it's like, what are you doing? There's like no one here. Why are you so upset? Like, what's you know, like it's this? Like, it, all it does to me is it, it exemplifies that real humans do not speak or behave this way. Yes, exactly. I, I'm so fired up about this because all the praise that this is getting, and I'm like, what are people watching? And and then it makes me question my own sanity. Right, I actually like, wouldn't mind these. You, you know, and what I said, like the aesthetic of those, I don't. I, if these were like backstage or done in like a video promo package or whatever, I wouldn't mind it that much. But getting out in front of that no crowd and and doing that and staring at the camera and pulling your hair back and and seething and uh, uh, and doing it's just like, what are you doing? Like you said, God. it's like it's like all right, number fourteen auditioning for you know West Side Story. <laughs> like, yeah, you know he walks out. All right, hi. <laughs> Say your name, uh, Adam you. Copeland. Thank okay, you. Adam Thank Copeland. You. All right. Thank you, Adam Copeland. Right, Next yeah. up, Randy Orton. Right. Uh, auditioning for the role of, of you know, it, it's it's terrible. Right, right, right. I don't, I don't know what – are people just just, they just want something, to, man. They just want something. Is that I what think, it is? I, I mean, are we so. being too hard on this? I mean, you know, 
Next up, Dolph Ziggler auditioning <laughs> for Kanicki. I mean, that's that's what it feels like to me. You know, Dolph Ziggler would be Kanicki. Uh, but but uh, I don't know. I I, I just wanted you to know a lot about it. Were you in? Were you in a production of this at any point? Or? Yeah, Kaniki was, uh, was Greece. Yeah, I was. I was asking. Have you? Uh, did, you you seem to know a lot about high school. Uh... I was never a thespian. I was gonna say I, I didn't um, peg you as one, but uh, you know, hey. Listen, I'm just I'm up on pop culture, Rich. Yeah, I no, know no, the no I get it. Cast. I get it. I get it. But... And Kaniki is just fun to say. I mean, you know, if you're gonna reference a Greece character, it's got to be Kaniki. I mean, what else are you going Greece with? Greece stinks. Greece is the worst. Greece does stink, I but, hate but Greece. we'll be together. I hate all musicals. Oh, yeah. I, just, if, if the second something's a musical, I'm out. Musicals really do stink. They're the fucking worst. You know? I can't believe anybody actually enjoys musicals. You'd bang Olivia Newton-John from that era, though, right? Oh God, yes, yeah, of course. I mean, that's why you watch. Like when I was like a a, a young boy finding himself as a man, you know, and and all those hormones are raging. You don't mind the Olivia Newton-John? You'll take a look at that. Not at all, no. You know? Not you know, uh-huh. uh, but uh, but yeah, you know, Gre- am I going to sit down and watch Greece as a grown man? No, I'm not going to watch Greece. Sorry, can't do it. Um, or Greece two, for that matter. Did you watch the Greece <laughs> two? No, God, Rich? no, no, no Greece two. Never Greece two. I didn't even know it existed to be no. honest. So. Different cast and everything. I think it's one of those deals where it was like the main characters were a different cast, but you ever see those sad sequels where like the fringe characters are the same people? Yeah. They like major league two is always the one I bring up where it's like, yeah. all right, Wesley doesn't want to do it anymore. We'll bring in Omar Epps, but like, you know, uh, fucking Rick Derringer is still there and you're like, Oh, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, or not Rick Derringer. What the hell's his name? It's not Rick Derringer. Um, Rick Derringer. Yeah. It's not Rick Derringer. Rick, he's the, he's the guy that did the about, demolition theme. You're right? talking about, you're talking about Tom Berenger? <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, that's a bad job out of you, Rick Derringer. <laughs> Rick Derringer is mean, the it, uh, he's the demolition uh, guy that made the demolition theme, right? It vaguely rhymes. I'll give you that. Yeah, I'm doing like, Tom. That's uh, old Jake Taylor. You know, is, is Tom the Berenger, manager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. The fucking asshole from Platoon. Right. Did you ever see Platoon? Oh yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. I, I just watched Platoon. Uh, this past week. See, now that's God, an escape. Here. That's an escape from the harsh realities of today. Because you're like, you know what? This is almost worse. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to watch a different version of death. <laughs> right. But like, ha- how great is that scene where like Will- Willem Dafoe is running after the chopper, right? <laughs> and and they're shooting him in the back and Berenger's just kind of looking at him. But Charlie Sheen knows. He doesn't know how he knows, but Charlie Sheen knows that Berenger killed him. Yeah. You know, or left him there to die. But here's Willem Dafoe crawling, literally crawling on his hands and knees out of the jungle. Arms extended. Just wanting for that chopper to come back for him. Man, what a scene. One of the best scenes in movie history, I got to say. Very powerful stuff, you know. A young Johnny Depp dies in that movie, too. I always forget that he's in that movie, yeah. 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 Very yeah, young. He, he uh, almost, like, doesn't resemble current Johnny Depp at all. No, no. I mean, I think he was, like, 20 years old. I mean, Sheen was really young in that, too. But uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker is in that. That's a loaded cast, Platoon. But... um yeah, but anyway, so these promos, they're the fucking dog shit, you know? I, I, I'm I, sorry. I just – I'm not seeing what everybody else is seeing. But um, but what do we do? Do we go over this match by match? I guess I we mean, could. I guess, but it like what are we here, – here's the, here's the problem, and I mentioned this in the, in the preview I wrote as well. I don't know what matches are actually going to happen. I don't know if what match is going to happen in the PC or what's going to happen in a parking lot or what the fuck a Boneyard match is or what the hell a Firefly Funhouse match. Like, I don't know. Like, we kind of know because we're connected wrestling fans and we know that, like, certain things are happening or whatever. But, like, 
is Elias and King Corbin going to be done, you know, in a in a music hall? Is it going to be done outside? Is it going to be done in a river? I don't know. Who the fuck knows? It's a, we don't know what's going to happen. Like we it, like and most previews we're trying to guess, we're trying to kind of assume, oh, hey, this guy's going to win or that guy's going to win. This is literally who the fuck knows what's going to happen on any match in this entire show. I hear you. Any any more than more than usual. Like usually we come in and say, "Fuck it, they can do whatever because they don't know and nothing matters anymore." But literally nothing matters in this. No idea what's going to happen in any of these matches. I don't know why you're so mad about this. You should uh, be ready to laugh at it all. <laughs> I'm ready, man. I hope. I hope so. You're just angry because you can't properly preview the matches. It's just it feels but, weird. But like, we, gotta talk, thing, we have to talk Rich, about 16 the... matches for 16 matches. We have to go. I don't know. <laughs> like... But that's what we always do anyway with right, WWE previews. Okay, so let me give you this little bit here. Grease yeah. two. You ready? Tell me if you're interested now. Okay. Stephanie Zanone, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, is mm. the leader of the Rydell High School's Pink Ladies, a gang of girls who are counterparts of the school's group of greasers called the T-Birds. This sounds familiar. Stephanie is tired of her relationship with top T-Bird Johnny Nogarelli. Why do they always got to be Italian? <laughs> Why? Why do they always got to be Italian? This is very offensive <laughs> no to my culture. <laughs> Very offensive to my culture. Stephanie is tired of her relationship with T-Bird Johnny Nogarelli, played by Adrian Zamed. So she breaks up with him and quickly catches the eye of English exchange student mm. Michael Carrington, played by Maxwell Caulfield. Hoping to win her over, Michael tries to overcome his nerdy ways while holding off the jealous Johnny. Not only do they have to be Italians all the time, Rich, but the Italians are always the heels. <laughs> they're always you know? jealous. They're always they're always they're jealous. Always jealous. Balls. <laughs> They always have a temper, you know, they're always, you know, I'm sure this Johnny Nogarelli isn't portrayed as any kind of an honor student in this high school. I'm sure he's a, a dope. Oh, yeah, I know he's an um, idiot. He drives a really nice car, but yeah, he's fucking terrible at school, so. Yeah, there's probably a ton of jokes where he, like, mixes hey, up teacher, the no, I didn't do my finals. Like, no, I didn't do no homework. Come on. <laughs> exactly. As you know, he's, yeah. he's got his feet up on the desk. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> Right, they're always the same, yeah. He might actually be actively smoking as well in the classroom. Well, he definitely has a cigarette in his ear. Right, this right. <laughs> yeah. Like between the ear and the head, right? No doubt. You should try out for Johnny Nagarelli. I was going to say, was really yeah, pretty good. Good. That's a pretty that good, good. That's a pretty good stereotypically bad Italian accent, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes oh. and uh, 52% on Media Critic. Now, I can't imagine what, like, a bad, crit- like, a critically, like, panned Grease is like. Because, like, the first one people love. You know what I mean? People adore that movie. And it's fucking shit. So I cannot imagine what Grease 2 is like. 4.4 out of 10 on IMDb. So, uh... I enjoyed some early 80s Michelle Pfeiffer, though, so I could, I could get into that. 70% of Google users liked the movie. But no. that sounds good, but it's bad. Because user polls are always, like... You know, like if you look on Rotten yeah, because Tomatoes, who's voting on Grease Two unless you like it? You know what I mean? Like no one's going and being like, "I'm going to let everybody know that I did not like Grease Two. That's not, you know. Yeah, like Rotten Tomatoes, the the, the fan poll is always really high, and the critic poll is always very low. It's like, so you, you take that with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah, so um, now are you interested in Grease Two? Uh, not really. I'll just watch Scarface. It sounds a lot like Grease One. Yeah, I I'm just going to get honest. my Michelle Pfeiffer I, uh, uh, kick from Scarface instead. So. Yeah, let me see if uh, does this is this supposed to take place 
in the same universe as the is it a like like is this <laughs> Greece universe yeah. a retelling of the tale or is this like five years later like they're still greasers and the gangs are the same so it has to be around the same time in that high school right because it can't be like 20 years later yeah it says so it says 1960s american high school so are we just okay but here's everybody's what I'm the same though every yeah everybody looks exactly the same but they're different characters right. so in Greece 2 do fucking you know does i don't remember olivia newton john's name but does danny exist in that universe like or is the john travolta character just is this just a like uh is this a reset of the uh, you know Greece what i think universe? like looking at it not having not seen Greece 2 it, it appears to be that like so Greece 1 takes place in 1958 and I believe Greece 2, it looks like, takes place in, like, 61 or 62. So I think it's just, like, they've graduated. Now it's the next class. So a few years later. Shit. Yeah. So I think it's, like, the same of... high school, same gangs, same basic principle. It's just now there's a few different characters here. So this is, like, Degrassi for greasers. Yeah. Stay by the bell the college years or whatever. I, I need to think this through. I don't know if I'm okay with that. <laughs> Um, because it's basically the same fucking story too. Like they didn't even change it that much. I guess in the other one, it's just, they were opposites, opposites attract, right? Like Mm -hmm. she was like prim and proper with her little poodle skirt and her fucking, and he was the greaser with his leather jacket and, you know, do, do the homework thing again. Right, 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 right. But no, now, yeah. so in Greece too. The, that was the, your cue, Rich. I wanted you to do uh, the homework That's all right. Thing. But anyway, the Greek, it's, it's, it's not on demand. It's not on demand. You know what it is? It was too good, and now you're afraid you're not going to be as it's, good. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to keep, I'm gonna right? keep it in the holster there. But yeah, so Greece too. The, the cute girl's already with the grease ball, but then the English exchange student comes in, and she's got like, hmm, wait a minute. Right. This guy, yeah. even though he's a little nerdy, it's kind of like the opposite of every 90s rom-com. Where it was like, and, and plus it's just he has the accent because right, and the, and the and the ladies and go for the. If she's anything like my wife, it doesn't matter what kind of accent you have. <laughs> if you have an accent, you're automatically sexy. Like, except for your she, accent. <laughs> she's like, I'm watching that EPW show, and she hears the Australian accents, and she's like, "Ooh, what's that?" I'm like, "It's it's Australian." Yeah, oh, the nurse, the nurse lives for the Australian accent. It's it's pretty bad. But then, like it could. But then, what I realize it's any accent. Like she'll hear some awful Boston accent, and she'll be like, "Ooh, what's that?" And I'm like, "That's Boston. Nobody likes a Boston. That's not. No one thinks a Boston accent is sexy, you know." But uh, it really doesn't matter. So I feel like Michelle Pfeiffer is falling for the English accent. But it'd be funny if like that character had like the Cockney accent, like that. That I would watch, you know, if he was like a, if he was like an 18th century British hooker. Like, if he sounded like that, if he was like, all right, I'll lay with you with two bits and a point like that. <laughs> right, right. And she was still attracted to that. Like that, I think would be funny, you know, but he's probably got a real sexy. He's probably like fucking uh, who's the guy who uh, I can't think of, of either of their names, the guy or the person he cheated on. Um, <laughs> this is so awful. What was that British? Okay. Who was the British dude with the floppy hairdo who was in all the '90s movies? Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Yes, yes, yes. He's probably got that Hugh Grant kind of vibe accent going. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Movie, like the, you know, the, where... the prim and proper. Like he's from. You know, he's yeah. He's got like a butler. He talks about his butler at back home and stuff. So for sure. Remember Hugh Grant cheated on his wife with the prostitute. Yes. Yeah. And he went. Uh, on, what was her uh, name? She was so fucking hot. And I don't want to look up what she looks like today because in the 90s, she was an absolute smoke show. What was her name? 
Uh, uh, she was Hurley, right? Elizabeth. Hurley? Oh my God, the Hurley. Yeah, yeah. Lanza, I'm not look Lanza would have done some things. Let me tell you something. I would have killed my girlfriend at the time and buried her in the backyard to take a crack at Hurley. I mean, that she was amazing. She was incredible. The Hurley. What does she look like now? I'm look looking. It, it looks like you're you're in luck, man. She's hotter. <laughs> She's hotter now than she was then. The Hurley was Let's phenomenal. See. Oh, she is aged. Oh, like fine wine. Oh, unbelievable. You sure it's modern pictures? Oh, I'm on her Instagram right now. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, let me see. Yeah, it's, it's Oh, you're right. She is not. Let me tell unbelievable. you. I don't even care how old she is. How old is she? Like six. It doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, this is not a horny show, by the way. No, no, no. But, but like P. Curly, forget it. P. Curly, that's my jam right there. Now I'm looking at P. Curly. I don't, man. I, I think 2020 Curly's pretty good too. I mean, not peak, but yeah. But I mean, P. Curly. No, I, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty-four. That's damn good for fifty-four. The show to do is all those Brendan Fraser movies, right? Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Like, Georgia the Jungle, shit like that. <laughs> was she in Georgia the and Jungle? Movies? I, she, might, she may have. I have no idea. <laughs> she was in every movie for so long. Yeah, Liz Hurley. Yeah, she. Uh, Brendan Fraser. I call her yeah. Liz because you know. Yeah, you guys are on that level. Yeah, yeah. Can... Right. Yeah, Elizabeth Hurley. <laughs> Liz. Well, hey, Lizzie. Be... Hey, Liz. I need to know if she was in Georgia the Jungle now. Uh, I'm finding that out right now. I'm actually, and I uh, the uh, no, that was Leslie Mann, I believe, was in George of the Jungle. Leslie Mann. No one has time for that. Get Hurley back in here. I agree. I don't even know who Leslie Mann is. Let me look that up now. She all right? Yeah, you do. No, you know, you know Leslie Mann. I'm like this oh, is forty. I think I do know Leslie this is forty. Oh, she was Leslie knocked up Mann. too. She's a no. babe too. Yeah, she's a whole babe. Yeah, yeah. Leslie Mann. Yeah, I, I, I didn't make the connection. No, she's awesome. Yeah, I absolutely. And she's good. Yeah, she's a good actress too. So. Oh, yeah, very, yeah, love her personality, absolutely would, no question about it. Yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah, different vibe than Hurley. Hurley is more, I Well, would that's say like Hurley. unobtainable smoke show is, is Elizabeth Hurley, yes. whereas Leslie Mann is like, you know, she you lives mean, on your block, and you're like, man, one of these days. <laughs> absolutely. Like, like, Elizabeth Hurley is just walking sexy. Right, like, you'll, you'll never, like, you, you'll never cross paths with her you'll probably never be in the same place she's at but like one day maybe maybe like if you see elizabeth hurley in real life it's among one of the three hottest people you'll ever see in your life in real life right but leslie man shows up to your block party and you're like god damn that woman is hot <laughs> like i didn't know that she would you know like or maybe Absolutely. you see her wearing like a hoodie while she's out like doing the you know the yard work or whatever but then she comes to like a party once that your block someone on your block has and you're like whoa hold on like Leslie Mann comes to your house and you wonder how the fuck your dopey neighbor married her. You're like, you can't figure that out. Right, You're like, absolute dweeb. And yeah. how did you land her? Because like, <laughs> yeah. she's cool too and funny, and her personality wins you over, and she's hot. And you're just like, how did Tim? How did Tim score this wife? Like, and and she she makes constant cracks at Tim. You know, she's she's clearly the dominant one in the relationship. Also, it's very obvious. Like, uh, you know, she's she understands that she's doing Tim a favor. You know, she gets it. She understands. She rolls her eyes at Tim a lot. That's me. You're oh, right. You're I, think, I think I might be Tim. You might be. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the more you're describing Tim, man, it sounds a lot you, like me. 
you fell oddly silent and yeah. you kind of had I'm like, thinking of it in my head I'm going oh shit am I Tim I think I might be Tim it's it's sunk in Rich is like oh no man all right well uh we got Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> yeah, what are we going to talk about? Who cares? Do you want me just to list all? Like, is there any point in going match by match? Yes. Okay. We're going to do this for the listener who demands it. <sighs> okay. Um, think of the diversions we can have yes. here. Yes, Otis versus Dolph. Otis versus Dolph Ziggler, which many people feel is the best told story in WWE right now. I'm not doing shtick. You're laughing, Rich. I am a little bit. But... Listen, I cannot get into the Otis I will never be able to get into the Otis. Um, you know, the whole Mandy Rose thing. The Valentine's Day date ruined by Dolph Ziggler. So this is your classic. Uh, I listened to Shake Them Ropes this week. The return of Rob McCann. Yeah, the return of Rob. Uh, Hawkins compared this to the Georgie Animal Steel Elizabeth story. You know, and it is very similar. Um, that's part of the reason I can't get into Otis. I never have enjoyed – I've actually actively loathed and disliked simple-minded gimmicks in wrestling. I cannot stand it. Right, right. The like, idea that this guy is just a bumbling fool that doesn't get it. Not even understand. a fool. Just like, like, uh, like, yeah, like below human level of, of Below human, subhuman. I think it's derivative. I think it's – I think you're making fun of like mentally handicapped people. It just makes me uncomfortable. I don't like – I've never liked those kind of gimmicks, whether it's George Steele or Otis or uh, like Evad Sullivan, like in 1994 WCW, um, where he was like Dave Sullivan's like slow oh brother. Oh, God, the Evad thing. And yeah, he like liked Hulk Hogan, but he liked Hulk Hogan like a nine-year-old would like. Yeah, that was real bad. Yeah. Bugsy McGraw <laughs> at times bad. in his career. Like not all the time, but like in Texas, like babyface Bugsy McGraw, like uh, Eugene. Any of those kind of gimmicks. Rick are Steiner very- did it for a little while too before the varsity club thing. He was just like he did it, yeah. Like when he was in love with woman. Yeah, kind right, of right, right, right. Exactly. Later on, he just became a dumb jock. Right, yeah, which is that. a way better role right. for him. But yeah, before people don't know that before he became dumb jock, he was just like dumb jock that like had head trauma or something. It was very <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. Let's face it. The implication is always that these people are are mentally disabled. Right. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. I'm not even like an ultra woke or anything, but I don't like that. And I don't like I've I've always been weird about it and I'm uncomfortable with it and I don't I can't get behind it. And that's how Otis is comes off to me. Am I off base with that with the no, Otis? No, you're not. And like the problem as well is that like you know deep down like what the story is gonna be told. Like people will say, Oh, that story's good because like in the end, like the he gets the girl, but they never get the girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like George Animal Steel, you know, maybe he avenged the Randy Savage and helped Ricky Steamboat win, but he, he didn't get the girl. And you know, goddamn well, Otis isn't getting Mandy Rose. That Mandy Rose is going to get, you know, Dolph Ziggler is going to stay with Mandy Rose. So it's like, in the end, the story is that the 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 person of 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 you know of of lower intelligence is an idiot, gets duped into you know by the hot girl and the hot guy or whatever, and then they end up losing. Can you imagine this match with all of the and and the way that it needs to be with no crowd? You want to talk about? A high school play. Oh That's what my god! Made. Otis gyrating in front of nobody for no reason and, and making yeah. his annoying noises. Uh, and... Yeah, his grunts and so, yeah, it's oh, gonna be fucking. I, it's dreadful. gonna be so bad. This, this, yeah. Ugh. Kabuki Warriors <laughs> defend the tag team titles. Maybe is Kari sane even in the country? Uh, no, she's still in Japan, so I'm not sure what's going on here. So. 
versus Alexa Bliss. I mean, she's in Japan now. I don't think she's coming back. Like, I think, again, this is what I mean. Like, there's stuff that's on the show that I don't think is going to happen. If you're reading off Wikipedia, they've at least updated some stuff. But, like, yeah, there's stuff that's not going to (laughs) happen. That They're still advertising. That we have to say we're previewing, but aren't, I mean, no, she's not there, I don't think. So, I don't know. Yeah, so. She'll zoom zoom in. (laughs) We'll do a. Like this is a, a perfect debate. example. <laughs> right. This is a perfect example of a match you could have cut from the show easily and just consolidated this thing. Why do we need this match that may not even occur? I don't know. So, uh, moving on, Sami Zayn, the Intercontinental Champion, very prestigious title, the Intercontinental title, uh, with Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, because you got to have as many people as possible uh, crammed into this nonsense. Versus uh, Daniel Bryan with Drew Gulak. So. Um, do you think this will be good, or do you think it'll just be loaded with shenanigans from the outside forces? I mean, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, on, on its face, it should be good, because it's Zayn and, and, and Brian. The fact that Cesaro, Nakamura, and Gulak will all be there has me a little worried. If it was just Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan, and it was like, everyone gets sent to the back, and it's just these two wrestling. Like, these guys, I think, could pull it off. These guys, I think, just because they're tremendous poor wrestlers, would understand that, that they're in this weird atmosphere, and understand how to work you know, with that atmosphere as opposed to against that atmosphere like so many other people do. But with its, with that being said, with Cesaro, Nakamura, and Gulak and all those guys being there, yeah, I think it's going to get a little too silly. And, and it, it kind of stinks because these two dudes are, are incredible, and I'm sure that they would have a great match. But, yeah, it's going to get bogged down by that stuff. I uh, I don't think Sami Zayn gives a fuck anymore. Yeah, maybe. This will be a good opportunity to see if he if he truly does not give a shit anymore. And, and I don't and... think he cares. You read his Twitter lately, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. He's, just, he's checked out. Um I think he's depressed with you know what's going on in the world, and he's depressed, you know, not even just with the COVID, but just with the political climate in the world. And he's a very uh, much a uh, politically active guy, and I think uh, he understands what the deal is with WWE. And uh, you know, I think him, Cesaro, and Daniel Bryan, they were those were the three that came up with the idea that WWE is just a parody of pro wrestling. Weren't they the three that coined that? I think They're so. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> They've given up. Yeah. So it's, I just don't think he gives a fuck anymore. I think he just sees it as a means to an end and a job and an easy one. I mean, he's a fuck. He doesn't bump anymore. I mean, he did, he's wrestled like three matches in the, in the last eight months. He's a manager. He does his goofy dance. He cuts some funny promos and he collects that check. You know, I don't think he gives a fuck. I'm not even like, this isn't even like a value judgment. I'm not knocking the guy. I just think he doesn't care. So I don't know. Do you think these two are going to be motivated to go out there in an empty building and steal the show as they may have been if it was in front of 60,000 people? Right, right. And, and again, would they have gotten time? They're third from the bottom, essentially. However you want to order this crap. I'm just, just the list that I'm using. But I don't know. I just don't think he cares. So Edge versus Randy Orton. We talked about that a little bit. Look, I feel really bad for Edge. Comes back. He's put in this great feud, which starts off great. And then they're forced to do everything in front of no fans, including the match. It's just a tough break for Edge. Mm, yeah. And Orton, too, because this was trending to be like the biggest match on the show. At one point, this felt like the biggest match on the show. Still might be. But without the crowd and all that, just loses something. You know, and they're going to do last man standing, which means they're going to be brawling around the empty building. I don't know. I mean, I got to be honest. I'm not looking forward to this. And I, and I probably would have been if it was in, in, in the football stadium. 
Absolutely, yeah. Because I I mentioned even at, at you know after the rumble when we knew that this was going to be the match and this was scheduled to happen that you know this match between these two was going to be. I mean, Orton was the perfect opponent for Edge because he'll keep him kind of grounded. That Orton can kind of you know even though I don't it doesn't always land with me and I don't always love it. He can kind of work the crowd and it doesn't have to be a really high paced all over you know ton of action stuff. They can do a little bells and whistles. They can do some fighting and some crowd brawling and all that sort of stuff. And the problem is they're still going to do all that, but now that's not going to work in front of no audience. Like the match that they I know that these guys have in their head the match that i know these guys can do and the match that they're probably going to do works in a football stadium it works in front of that sort of crowd it works in a crowd that's living and dying to see edge in the ring again and and, and orton's just going to stop it down at every time and and slow things down and keep him grounded to a halt but then also use the weapons like all the stuff it, it it's going to work in a football stadium it none of it's going to work in an empty arena these guys are going to be you know, throwing each other into rows of chairs that are completely empty. And it's going to be just lame as hell. And just, just yeah. So that that's the problem. Is it, it, Randy Orton is the guy that works so well with a crowd and, and against a crowd and, and motivating around the crowd and all that sort of And now it's not going to happen. None of that's going to happen. So we're going to get a long headlock in the middle of the ring in front of no crowd. And that's going to suck. Hmm. 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 Hold on a second. A long headlock in front of a no crowd and a long, boring walk-in brawl into <laughs> stands with no crowd. It <clears throat> sounds vaguely familiar to something we're going to talk <clears throat> about later. Yeah, it does. Hmm. So we kind of saw the template for this. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd. You're talking about Jimmy Lloyd versus <laughs> Shane Mercer, I'm sure, right? Actually, it might describe a lot of things we're going to talk about <laughs> later. Uh, Elias versus King Corbin. Oh, my God. Again. Oh, my God. Why, why does this need to happen? Oh, my God. That thing that they did. Last week or earlier this week or what? I've lost all kinds of time. I don't remember if it was this week or early last week. Was that like the lamest thing you've ever seen in your life? He's falling from the balcony. What are we doing? I yeah. I mean that looked like a high school like you said high school play. That looks like a high school like TV production thing that they did as their like final project. Listen, listen. WWE has not handled any of this well. I mean, that's the bottom line. They just haven't handled any of it well they're just so locked in to the kind of tv they produce that any kind of curveball fucking destroys them they, they just have not handled as well uh and this match really has no reason to take place yeah I, these, these aren't guys that are going to wrestle well in front of no crowd they don't wrestle well with a crowd it, it's it's I'm we know this is one that for sure like we're talking about this like it's gonna be a normal match it's probably not gonna be it's gonna be some weird parking lot thing or they'll be at a a, a musical I I don't know what the hell it's gonna be you know what I mean who knows who the fuck knows what what, what this match is gonna be but I don't think that they're gonna ring a bell and these guys are gonna be in the middle of the ring having a match but maybe they will who knows Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley (laughs) why (laughs) Um, I mean here's the thing like bigger picture like whatever happened to Rusev like, in storyline, I mean. And in reality, too, I guess. Rusev is another one. I, I got to just say it. Shit or get off the pot. I'm tired of your cryptic tweets. I'm, I'm with you, man. I've been, just, I've been away from him for a long time. I've kind of given up on him, to be honest. If you're a company guy, you're a company guy. If you're leaving, leave. I mean, him, Sasha Banks, all of them. I just, I can't deal with oh, Sa- it. Oh, Sasha can get in the fucking bin. She's with, so with annoying. I, yeah, I, 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 I love, like, she's a great wrestler. I like Sasha Banks a lot. But get get lost with the fucking, you know, bitching and moaning every time. You sign the goddamn contract. Like, too and bad. Even if, and even if it's just fucking with people, it's still annoying. Right. I mean, your little cryptic things. And I don't find her amusing. I don't find her entertaining. And I just find her very off-putting. And Rusev has gotten to that point as well. And it's, uh, you know, enough with the teases. And 
you know, enough of uh, fucking with people or, or whether you're genuinely displeasured or not, I just don't want to hear about it anymore. I just don't. Um, put up or shut up. You know, and Sasha put up. She resigned. So now I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to look at your pouty face if something upsets you. I don't I, – you resigned. What's, what is it? You signed this contract, right, Rich? What, what happens now? What's the phrase? Yeah, eat shit. Eat shit. You signed the contract, yep, eat sorry. shit. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> you knew what you were doing. You, you took the money. That's fine. Yeah, you just took accept the money. it. Accept that you know, you know, Vince McMahon has no concept of reality or whatever. But yeah, get, lose me with these fucking cryptic tweets every time a, a show ends and we get a ja-ja-ja-ja-ja-ha-ha-ha. Ja, 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 yeah, Vince McMahon rules. Chris Jericho. Uh, yeah. Okay, all right. Get out of here. If you're creatively unfulfilled, I don't care because you took the money. You made your choice. Uh, so I don't know what's going on with Rusev or whatever the fuck, but now we get this Alistair Black Bobby Lashley match. Let's move on. We got Street Profits versus Anher Garza and Austin Theory, who replaces Humberto Carrillo. No, he replaces uh, not Humberto Carrillo. He replaces Andrade, uh, who's got Andrade. sore ribs. <laughs> I just wanted to roll my tongue for Humberto. Yeah, that's fine. Did you- you notice how I shoehorn him in all the time? Absolutely, like, yeah. Even though, like in this, it wasn't even necessary, but yeah, it, it worked. The Thursday TV reviews yesterday, I had no reason to talk about him, but I, I shoehorned in a little anecdote about Ultimo Ninja just so I could talk about Humberto Carrillo because I wanted to roll my tongue because it's fun. But uh, Theory replaces Andrade, and uh, the word here, Rich, the word is that Paul Heyman is a big fan of Austin Theory, which doesn't shock me at all. And saw this as an opportunity to uh, kind of pluck Austin Theory from NXT. So here we are. Yeah. Um, it was kind of out of context at first, but then when Raw played out, we saw that there is kind of a story behind it. And Austin Theory, not the best Raw debut, nearly paralyzing Montez Ford. <laughs> yeah, not perfect. Yeah, that's... Uh, not good. Not a good start. With By the, the way, I have roll. seen that there's, there's like two like people are like, oh, no, Montez was meant to crash and burn. But fuck that, because no, Austin Theory took a bump. So that's not what the plan was supposed to be. Yes. So Austin the plan Theory, was Austin Theory was supposed to catch him, and he just forgot the catch part. <laughs> so. He not only blew the catch, but he also took a phantom bump, making it even worse. So uh, he panicked in the moment. Bad job out of him. He is hardly a finished product. Um, I am still very bullish on Austin Theory. I think it's almost impossible for him not to become a star in this company. Um, I think it's almost destined to happen. I totally see why Paul Heyman is high on him. I understood why Gabe Sapolsky was high on him, even when others weren't. I think a lot of people, myself included, were way too hard on Austin Theory at times. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was always very green and pushed well above his experience level. And that wasn't his fault. And he kind of had to grow while in the role. And the same thing's going to happen on the main roster. I've liked his matches in NXT, particularly the early ones. And um, I think he has the look and the ability, and it's just a matter of um, maturing and putting it all together. He's still a kid. What is he, like 23? Yeah, he's he super young even, still. I think he might even be younger than that. At some might point, not even but, be 23. Yeah, he might even it's, be like, the thing with him is like and, – and this is where I kind of always was with him as well is that you just – there were people that thought he was overpushed, and of course, like when you look like that, you're going to be overpushed in pro wrestling. That 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 goes back to 30, 40 years or whatever. When you look like that, everyone's going to go, "Oh, that guy's got it." 
You know, that guy's got, you know, they're, they're, they're undeniable. You can go, there's any number of people. Your Eric Watts of the world where it's like, oh, look at that guy. <laughs> he looks like a brick shit house. Like, you know, the, the early, you know, 2000s that was just filled with the FCW and, or not even FCW, but OVW popping out these, you know, Johnny Ace, you know, guys that just looked like a million bucks. And you, you get that initial thing with Austin Theory well, as well, where you're like, oh, geez, this guy's going to get pushed way beyond what he should be. And he has been, but I think he's taken to it pretty well. He's improved. Whereas a lot of guys sputtered out and were nothing more than a good body and a nice face or whatever, Austin Theory I think has improved and has gotten better. So I'm, you know, I'm not going to say that this guy's going to be, you know, throwing out five star matches here and there, but like if this is like the next generation of a guy or this is going to be a guy that they're going to push really hard, like I have some confidence that he's going to improve and get better. And he's got, you know, the right guys in the in the in the building that that enjoy him too. If Paul Heyman, you know, takes a liking to him, hopefully he listens to Paul and and, and learns some things from Paul because yeah, I think. This is a guy that it's you're not going to be able to deny this guy at a certain point because the people that run that company are going to fall in love with him and we knew that we we knew it a long time ago. We we knew years ago that you know Gabe was 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 begging to keep Austin Theory under his wing but WWE wanted him so badly because they look at you look at that guy. I mean fucking look at him. Of course they're going to want this guy. That's everything that they've ever wanted out of superstars. Everything they've ever wanted out of their wrestlers is what Austin Theory is and and to Gabe's credit to Heyman's credit to all those guys they've been able to kind of keep him away for long enough, but there, there's there's no denying at this point. So he's going to sink or swim, unfortunately. But you know, I I think he's improved a lot over the last few years. So I'm 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 pretty confident that he'll be okay. He takes too much shit for his experience level. I mean, if he wasn't pushed as the evolved champion, he wouldn't take nearly as much shit as he does. It just people felt he was overpushed, uh, you know, and and then the flaws become exemplified because he's in main events. And the other thing was. He was Gabe's handpicked guy, and you know that Gabe is a whipping boy. So right there is strike one. You're you're the handpicked guy of the dude that's everybody's whipping boy. Strike two is there was this perception that because he was the champion and on top and all of that, that he was being pushed harder than Darby Allen, who was everybody's favorite. So that was working against him as well. That was a little bit of people getting worked into a shoot, in my opinion. Because you're supposed to dislike Austin Theory and want and Darby Allen to eventually beat him, which, by the way, was the fucking plan before Darby decided he didn't want to be there anymore. So, you know, the story was going to play out the way you wanted it to, but I think all of those things were kind of working against Theory, and then it exemplified his flaws. And then when right. you already decide you don't like the guy, you know, all of the any lack of smoothness in the ring or match that under delivers is going to be a great opportunity, you know, to to, to kill him. So, um, but this is obviously, I mean, come on, this is obviously a guy, look, if you're being fair at all, this is obviously a guy with massive potential in pro wrestling. So, and I'm not stunned at all that Paul Heyman thinks the same. Can't you picture, Rich, picture Austin Theory as a cocky, clean cut, good looking, white meat heel in 1996, oh, up. absolutely, yeah. And I'm the thinking key that you would get in that building. Yeah, I'm thinking like Simon Diamond era type stuff, or like uh, what was uh, Jason or whatever was you know the the most handsome man in the world. Like, yeah, right. But absolutely. Jason with but Jason with star charisma, like, right? Exactly. Not Jason that's just like guy that comes out and has a nice body, but yeah, manager, can't do anything, right. <laughs> right? But yeah, no, you can absolutely see him going in there, and he'd put Heyman would have put a babe with him. He would have put Dawn Marie with him or something like that too. You know, oh, just what just what Gabe tried to do with uh, Priscilla. Yeah, where you know she just comes out and rubs his abs and everyone's just like fuck that guy <laughs> like, you know? yeah i mean I-, I hate to break it to people who don't like austin theory and who are like you know he would be a mega star in ecw top heel for as long as they could keep him until vince stole him that would be austin theory if he came around 25 years ago 
I mean, I, I think it's just an utter lock. I mean, there's no question about it. So I could totally see uh, where Paul Heyman would take a liking to him. But um, weird match, absolutely a bizarre match. But that listen, that's Paul Heyman, a, a very sneaky move. And now he has this guy where who knows how long he would have been in NXT otherwise. Right. So uh, the Miz and Morrison versus New Day versus Usos in a triple threat ladder oh, match, which – I mean, I've heard rumors this is like a one-on-one – this is like a three-man ladder match because The Miz was sent home. <laughs> right. And it's Morrison versus one of the big uh, – one of the either Big E or Kofi Kingston Ugh. and then one of the Usos. So what are we supposed to say? I, I, again, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, who knows? It's, it's the problem with this thing. And, and, and the fact that these guys are going to go out there and kill themselves in a ladder match – with no fans. With no fans. It's just fucking ridiculous. And they're going to fall. They're going to both be on the ladder. The ladder is going to topple over. They're going to fall to the, the ground and go through a table. And they're just going to sit there and lay. And the camera is going to pan. And you're not going to hear anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like it's so weird. It's like the match from NXT, the, the, the North American Championship match uh, this past week. Where it's like you could tell that things were happening for this is awesome chance that they were happening for that crowd for them to pan to the crowd and get some shocked reaction and get a this is awesome chant and there's just there's no one there and it's like you got to adjust guys you you, know, you got to change things got to be different but they're gonna do they're gonna do that in this match they're gonna do a bunch of crazy spots for no reason because no one's gonna react and no one's gonna do anything but hey in singles action. Kevin Owens versus eight Seth Eight more Rollins. matches. There's fucking eight more matches we have God, to talk about. God, it never about. ends. It never <laughs> fucking ends. The Monday Night Messiah. Seth Rollins was such a flop that it's one of those deals where you see it and you like, they had to turn him heel. They had no choice. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. An all-timer. I guess yeah, that's an all-timer. Well, that, that'll be one for, for the record books for sure. People bring that up. Um for years to come, I think. The... I guess they'll try hard. I don't know. A boneyard match. I'm sure this will be loaded with bells and whistles. Undertaker versus AJ Styles. The build for this is AJ just keeps getting beat up by the Undertaker. Yeah, th- so. this is one. This is a match for sure. Like if 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 Brittany's home, or you just have to tell her, you know, hey, you know what? Uh, let's go. Yeah, why don't you go pick up some food from? Uh, you know, let's call that in and. You know, hey, like you got to get her out of the room, man. You know what I, I mean? I thought you were going to say this is one where you have to bring her in the room, and I was going to go, are you nuts? No, God, no. you got to get her as far away from this as humanly possible. I don't possible. want anyone in my life knowing that I watch this kind of stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. This is this is where you say, you know, I, we've been cooking a lot at home. You know what? That pe- our, you know, our pizza place is open. Why don't you just call an order and go pick it up, and it'll be great. You know, yeah, get whatever you want. You know, get something for the kids. you yeah. got to get her out of the house for this. She can't be here for the bone yard, <laughs> Rich, I've been watching wrestling for, I don't know, a lot of years, right? And um, maybe I'm the crazy one, but shouldn't it be the heel beating up the babyface repeatedly to build towards a big blow-off match and not the babyface constantly beating up the heel to build to a big blow-off match? Is it just me or they, they just have no concept how to do wrestling? Lost. Yeah, they've lost the plot. They just don't know what they're doing. They've lost the plot. Yeah, it makes no sense. But this is this is a shoot, though, Joe. We got uh, that's Aaron right. Jones yes. Mark. <laughs> Mark. In a boneyard yeah. match. Yeah. That's uh, good optics, too, when people are dying like, to have a boneyard Dude, match. I, think, like, I don't know if this is just a rumor, but yeah. somebody said that like the cage has like bones and skulls and shit, and it's like, oh, dear God, really? <laughs> like, like, have you no concept of reality? 
Yeah. I'll just, just call it a, I'll just well, I'll just call it a corona match. Yeah, an outbreak right. match. Yeah, a virus outbreak match. Yeah, like Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. We're fucking so is there a people world... in body bags and we're gonna have a match with skulls and crossbones. Yeah, and possibly a body bag. Um so oh. is there a low is there I, I wanna ask Cubs fan because he's listening. Is there a low level luchador calling himself COVID nineteen yet? I need to know. Because you know that's coming. You know, wrestling in I don't even I don't even know what cities there'd be low level grimy indie shows like in Monterey Mexico. or something like that. Yeah, somewhere around Juarez, there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I don't know. No, he would he would definitely know more than than us. There's gotta be one or two. There has to be one. Somewhere. I mean, that's just so lucha to have a guy called COVID nineteen. It has to be coming. Um Fatal Five Way <laughs> Elimination. Didn't they have a different gimmick name for five ways in the past? I know it's always been. Uh, um, no, they had the six pack challenge, but I don't think they've ever had anything pack. for five way. They've never had anything for five way. And this was supposed to be a six pack, but uh, somebody had to go home. So that's not happening anymore. So so it's triple threat, fatal four way, fatal five way. They You sure they never had a five way? No, I don't think so. And then there was the six pack challenge is what they would always call the six. The orgy seven and the. Um, can't think of one for for eight. Maybe it'd be the Orgy eight. Yeah, I'd say Orgy definitely is eight. I I think yeah, seven. I don't know what they would do with seven. I don't know what they'd call that. Um, so yeah, uh, it's Bailey, <laughs> or as they call her on Shake Them Ropes, Aunt Pam, <laughs> versus Lacey Evans, versus Naomi, versus uh, Winding Sasha Banks. Versus Tamina. <laughs> Tamina's no good. I know everyone's excited for the return of Tamina. Who was the sixth that had to go home? Uh, Dana Brooke. She, uh, okay, so Dana Brooke. She's she got the sick. thing. Yeah, so they had to send yeah. her home. So. She's got the thing, but they're not telling us she has the yeah, thing. Of course, That's yeah. Crazy. She's just, you know, it's the Andrade. Uh, right. His ribs hurt. Ray Mysterio. <laughs> right, right. They've all got the thing, but they're not telling us they have the thing. Yeah. Got well, it. Well, the report is that no one in WWE has tested positive. So. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe that. Um, they're just random sicknesses that have taken multiple people off this WrestleMania show, but yeah, right, no one's... correct. The Miz has the thing too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he which came is... sick. He he showed up sick, and they sent him home, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is particularly great when he was like fucking around in, in hot tubs with Zack Ryder and, and Morrison and shit. So that's that's awesome. So. so what are the odds these four people have the thing? Seriously, pretty 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 high. Yeah. There's a chance one of them has the thing. Oh, absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah, I, I've said that there there has got to be numerous wrestlers that have it, and companies are just but going they, like they can't say out. they have the thing until they have WrestleMania because it'd be bad PR. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what Dana Brooks exact. Um, maybe it's the unforeseen circumstances that they're calling because <laughs> that's the word. Remember how last week I was trying to figure out what their their uh, or prevailing circumstance I think is what fucking face fuck Phillips said was uh, um, ah there's. <laughs> Like, yeah, I forget. Let's see what the Dana Brooke thing um, is. Uh, what, what's going on here? But yeah, that's. I'll, I'll find out what the word that they're using. Firefly Funhouse match. John Cena versus the Fiend. Every time I say the Fiend, I do the finger quotes. Do you do that? I don't. The yeah, fiend. I don't. But because I... his name is not the Fiend, Rich. It's the Fiend in quotes. Right, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, the Fiend. Because it's it's yes. a, it's a it's kind of a figment of your imagination. I wish it was actually, but yes. Um, that hopefully is fun. Bad. I don't know what else to add to that. Um, are they paying John Cena millions of dollars despite not collecting a gate? 
that's my question for both him and Goldberg. Uh, yeah, so. Singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. I feel very bad for Shayna Baszler. Yeah, this is going to be her culmination. It's going to be so weird. We'll tie this one in too. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the NXT title. I feel very bad for the Ripley. This would have been their WrestleMania debuts. Easily the biggest match of their lives. And um, now it's just trash in an empty building that was filmed two weeks ago. So... Um, the wrestlers can't be excited about any of this, right? No, I mean, they, no. We heard rumblings that a lot of them were annoyed that they were asked to do it. So um, it just can't feel important to them or anything. I don't, And that's the thing, too, why a lot of this is going to feel so shitty because it's like they're going to want these matches to feel epic. Right. They're going to tell you, oh, this is WrestleMania. This is it. This is the biggest stage. And everybody knows it's not. Everybody Grand knows it's not. The wrestlers know it's not. So everybody, and they're going to say, oh, it's WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania because it's called WrestleMania, but it's not WrestleMania. There's nothing that resembles WrestleMania. And that's going to suck. Yeah, I mean, you you know. The wrestlers are going to know. They, 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 they know. I mean, it's not like they're going to trick themselves into thinking, oh, it's WrestleMania. This is a big deal for me. They know. Tell you who I feel bad for. I feel bad for Edge. I feel bad for Shayna Baszler. I feel bad for Rhea Ripley. You know, there's some other people here making their WrestleMania debuts, but they're so low on the card. It, you know what I mean? Like, there'll be better days for them. But who knows if Shayna Baszler will ever have a match this big scheduled for a WrestleMania ever again? She's is she like 41 or something? Yeah, she's way older than anybody thinks she is. So, And it's like, you know, this would have been huge for her. And hopefully, hopefully... They're all getting their payoffs, as they would have. But she's 30, I seriously she's 39, doubt that they by the way. She's 39, sorry. Ah, she's 39. Okay? It's like, what other, you know, hopefully she's getting her payoff. When else is she going to get a payoff like this one? Just from that perspective. If you want to just make it about money, forget about career culmination and all that. Now, hopefully they're paying these people. Because you know Goldberg's getting his money. And you know Brock is getting his money. And I would assume that John Cena's getting his money and The Undertaker. But is Angelo Dawkins getting the same payoff he would have gotten? I'm not so confident, Rich. Yeah, with no gates and I, I no mean, access and a bunch of canceled venues and a bunch of canceled t-shirts and no merch getting sold. You're right. Drew Gulak, Drew yeah. Gulak getting that money? Because he might not ever be on a WrestleMania again. You know, it's I feel bad for those people. Yeah, I can't imagine Nikki Cross's paycheck is the same as it was going to be, so... I, I look, they could afford it, and they made people work this dopey show. You know, it's like give them the payoff, but I don't know that they're doing that, and I don't know if I've seen any reports of whether they're doing that. So then we've got Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. You think Drew's winning here? Um, so initially, yes. I mean, of course, the story is for Drew to win, but I do wonder if they hold this off instead. Given the circumstances and given I think I would look, we've talked about it ad nauseum. I think they should, but I don't think they will. I think this is just a dick waving thing and it's just defiant in a lot of ways, all of this, and they're just going to do what they do, unfortunately. Yeah. The the thing is, you can never, you can never bet against the Brock thing happening. You, You know, you can never bet against them doing something weird with Brock. 
there's been manias where we've come on here and said Roman Reigns is definitely 100% beating Brock Lesnar, and he hasn't. You, you know what I mean? Like, so there's always some sort of thing that can happen with Brock, and apparently the rumors are that, like, he was fucking pissed the entire day, which I don't uh, I don't feel nice for Drew, unfortunately, that he's got to get in there with a, a pissy Brock. But Brock always does business, you know, cut cut that check, and he'll he'll do what he's told and, and do what he needs to do. But, uh, yeah, I... I'm like if I was betting, I would I would bet on Drew, but I'm not a hundred percent confident that Drew's got it. I would have been a hundred percent confident had it been in a big building and in, in Raymond James or whatever. But given the circumstances, I do think that there's a possibility that they still have Brock retain. But because I mean, we can't say that like you know I I don't know I it, it's it'd be it'd be strange. So um, I still think Drew's probably going to do it, but I do think there's a chance that Brock Goldberg. Defends against Braun Strowman. At least that's what we've been told. We know Roman won't be there. So they're 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 still officially advertising Roman, right? Are they really? I don't I, I don't know if they've actually changed their website. Let me let me. See. I haven't paid close enough attention to that. Let me see what they've officially said, or maybe maybe on Raw they 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 flipped it. I forget what um what they said, but let me see what uh let me see what the old WWE.com has to say here. I, as of a few days ago, it was still being listed as, but I, I think they've now finally changed that. So, I mean, he's on the poster and stuff, but you can't really, you can't really change that. So, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, they didn't even, yeah. I mean, this is so weird. Um, I can't find out. This website's so bad. <laughs> How do you even find the? Have card? they ever said it was? So they've never said it was Braun. Uh boom! Right here, Roman Reigns is next at the Showcase of the Immortals. On their okay. website. So we, yeah, okay. So they're going to do a big angle. And how can they not, like, it's it's been news. It's fucking, because they're assholes like, and they man. don't care. And people let them do it because then we got a bunch of dopes. And we're going to say this right now. And a bunch of fucking dopes are going to get in our mentions and go, card subject to change. Yeah. <laughs> it's happened forever, guys. Card subject yeah. to change. And it's like... Despite the fact this was mainstream news right. that he pulled out of the show. Not just, you know, wrestling news. You know, and you're right. People will defend it. I It's crazy, you know, so they'll do some kind of angle. Man, I thought they really had changed that officially. But yeah, right here, WrestleMania, WWE.com slash show slash WrestleMania. Roman Reigns is next at the Showcase of the Immortals. You know, what a bunch of disgusting psychopaths. Yeah, that's fucking horrendous. It's, you, yeah. Know, it, like, you know what the better thing would be is saying, hey, we're recording this show because we want an escape from, from COVID. But obviously, Roman Reigns, who has who recently had leukemia and recently survived leukemia, will, of course, not be on the show because that would be a danger to his health. Boom. There you go. Is it that fucking hard? Crazy. They can't do it. They can't do it. They cannot bring themselves to do it. Um. But he won't be there. We get attacked in the parking lot again. There's been a lot of parking lot attacks, man. They gotta, they gotta. Get ow, my it. knee! Ow! <laughs> ow I gotta get on that Winter Park, Florida parking lot. <laughs> ow! Owie! My knee! Oh my God! Roman Reigns has been attacked. <laughs> uh, referee the ring. Well, we're not gonna have a match because Roman Reigns has been hurt earlier, bro. <laughs> 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 oh my God! It's Braun Strowman. Oh uh, God! Kill me now. I just hopefully. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully I can track it in the next few days. Oh, God. <laughs> but here, okay, but here's the thing, Rich. Run. Oh, my God. I've got an alternate prediction. Right, what do you got? I'm not saying that that's not going to play out because it will. I think we're going to have a new universal champion. Uh-oh. And I think Does it start I think with G and end with Ronk? 
I think his name is Rob Gronkowski. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. People are like, oh, that'd be terrible. That'd be the best, man. I want this show to be as ridiculous as possible. Let me get some fucking Gronk, all right? You've got the cryptic hinting from Triple H that he's wrestling or getting physical. It's not even cryptic hinting. He flat out said, Gronk will be doing more than hosting. On my bookie, as of yesterday, a reputable betting site, will Rob Gronkowski win the WWE or Universal Championship? Hell yeah. And no is on the plus side of the money. Oh, yes. Plus 850 were the odds you can get yesterday on no to the question, will Rob Gronkowski win the WWE or Universal Championship? For people who don't understand betting, what they're telling you is yes is the more likely outcome because they're trying to get you to bet no. Does somebody know something here? Today on on uh, Bet Online, their odds are a little different. Their Gronkowski odds to become Universal Champion are yes plus six fifty. So Bet Online has it the other way, with very similar odds. But there must be some kind of inclination or idea out there that Gronkowski wins the title. For bet online, that not bet online, the other one, not my bookie uh, or whatever, my yeah. bookie to have it the opposite direction. Why would they have such strong odds on the no side of the money? Yeah, I do wonder. I mean, the possible ways that that could have came out, like even if people didn't in WWE didn't put it out, that maybe PR guys are you know contacting ESPN or contacting Fox News, Fox Sports, and contacting these guys and saying, hey, just so you know, you know, get your graphics ready, but Gronkowski, you know, he, he's going to wrestle and he's going to win the title or whatever. That's or what lining, I see being or lining up interviews. Right, right, right. Hey, we have booking for Ron Gronkowski to come on blank show, you know, Sports Center at, you know, 1030 with Scott Van Pelter. Yeah, it, it, that's my more – that's where I could see this coming out a little bit more. I'm sure that, like, the people in the office or whatever backstage has probably been pretty quiet about it. We haven't seen a whole lot come out. Like, some people have said, oh, I got spoilers, but I'm not going to say anything or whatever. So there's been a few things that have come out, but I could definitely see enough people knowing through different channels and through betting lines and whatnot – and, and and then through sports networks or websites or whatever, getting information of, hey, get ahead of this, but you know, get your post ready, but on Sunday at 10 p.m. or whatever, Gronkowski's going to win our title. Wouldn't the most Vince McMahon thing to do in this situation be for Gronkowski to beat Goldberg? Oh, absolutely. Because he figures it's going to get him all kinds of attention. Yeah, he wants that, oh, my God, look what happened. And, and, and yeah, absolutely. When there's no other sp- sports going on and he's already got his WrestleManias on ESPN – on Sundays and um, you know, and, and I, look, they think he's a much bigger celebrity than he really is. I mean, can we address that? I oh, mean, Rob sure. Gronk, this idea that Rob Gronkowski is some household name is patently ridiculous. I mean, first of all, he's nothing outside of the United States. No one outside of the United States has any clue who this man is. Second of all, even in this country, unless you're an NFL fan, you probably don't know who he is. If you're someone who's not a sports fan, he does not transcend the NFL, let alone transcend sports in general. Am I off base there? No, he's like a kind of fun guy that people kind of laugh at. But the second he retired, nobody gave a shit about him. You know what I mean? Like, it was funny when he was, like, there and winning championships and, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, like, as far as 
go ask anybody on the street. Go ask like your mom who Rob Gronkowski is. Like no shot. Th- she might kind of know the name, but not have any clue like anything she, about it. Yeah. She does not. He does not pass the mom test. In fact, I'm going to text her right now. Yeah, fi- find that out. Yeah. There's no way he passes the mom test. I'm, he look. He was a charismatic star player and probably a Hall of Famer. By the way, he was a charismatic star player in the NFL universe. I don't even think he transcends into the sport. Like he's not as he's not nearly as famous as say Seth Cur- uh, as Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely not. Seth Curry, he's more famous than yeah, he's more than <laughs> Seth. He is a little bit more famous than Seth. Curry. I, I wouldn't say he's more famous than Steph Curry. I wouldn't say he's more famous than um, James Harden. Probably. He's not more famous than James Harden. Probably not. No, that's a close one. That's closer. I but think. the NFL isn't global like that. You know, the NFL isn't global like some of these other. You know, the like NBA, the NBA is. Yeah, yeah NBA well, is the NBA is global. Yeah, uh, the NFL is huge. Don't get me wrong. But I, look, I, look. There's NFL stars who are just as big as NBA stars. Right, like Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Everyone yeah. knows Tom Brady. I mean, you know. So, but like Rob Gronkowski is not that level. But they treat him like he's like this level of a transcendent star, and he's just not. Okay, let me see. Have you ever? Okay, how should I phrase this? Do you know who Rob Gronkowski? Yeah, is? Do you, yeah. Do, do you know who Rob Gronkowski is? That's perfect. So. But because then I'm not surprised the WWE is this way because <laughs> this is always funny. You like to always laugh at this too. So the other day, or yesterday, I was just fucking around at home and I had nothing to do, so I was listening to uh, old uh, old Bruce Pritchard and uh, Conrad Thompson talking about uh, something to wrestle with. And they were talking about WrestleMania 11 and Lawrence Taylor. And you, Bruce is like, "Well, Lawrence Taylor was like the biggest star, star in the world in 1995. He's this transcendent football star in 1995." And I'm like, "No, he wasn't." They're like, well, there was there was no bigger you know football player in 1995 than Lawrence Taylor, and I'm like, uh, Deion Sanders, Emmett Smith, like, what are you talking about? I tell you what, in New York, that was true, and that's the perspective he's coming from, Lawrence Taylor. But again, this was 10 years after he after his peak, right? Lawrence this is 1995. Peaked, Lawrence Taylor peaked as a player in 1986. Or right. 1985, they won the Super Bowl in 86, the Giants. Yeah, I know. And, and so Conrad was kind of like, nah, I don't, is that really true, Bruce? He was retired in 95. Right. I mean, By 95, he had already become kind of a laughing stop because of the drug issues and all that sort of stuff. Like, that's how, that was my recollection of Lawrence Taylor was I was growing up in, in that era. I knew he was a big star in the 80s, but I, all I thought was he was a guy who had drug issues in the 90s. I didn't know anything about Lawrence yeah. Taylor. In the, I've, got, so. I've got a quote from Dave Mason from Bet Online. Okay. It is our understanding that for all of the big matches, multiple finishes were filmed and they will edit and decide accordingly, end quote, which is why you're seeing funky, drastically different lines on all of the different betting sites for the Gronkowski question. The bottom line here, Rich, is somebody knows that Gronkowski was filmed winning that title. The smart money's there. Yeah, smart money has come in in some way. Gronkowski... Gronkowski beat Goldberg or Braun. Yeah, and I, like here, I'm going to be honest too. I don't think it's even the worst idea to do it at this point. Oh, Just get, ca- your, get your fucking publicity. Who gives a shit? Nobody cares. In this anymore. company, in this company, who gives a fuck what they do with anything? It doesn't like it's a parody of pro wrestling. It doesn't matter, you know what they do. So yeah, I, I agree from that perspective. Who cares? But my point is, for some of the betting services to have the plus side of the money on him not winning the title tells me that they have footage of him winning the title, mm-hmm. which they're considering airing because these, these bookies do not, 
you know how that world works. They're not dumb. They know. Yeah. So <laughs> they don't throw ten thousand dollars on a fucking whim. <laughs> like. So I believe that's the finish that they might go with. Um, man, how inorganic and shitty is this with like multiple finishes for the matches and heavy editing? It's absurd. This whole thing is fucking ridiculous. To me, that's not pro wrestling. I've heard people say, "Oh, they can." You know, like when the, the the first SmackDown where they stopped wrestling during the commercial break. I'm not going to come on here and rant and rave and make a big deal out of it, but it did rub me the wrong way a little. That's not like it would have been bizarre to keep wrestling through the break. But Daniel Bryan and Cesaro did. Probably because they thought it was absurd to stop wrestling for three minutes and then continue their match. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, the women's tag, they just stopped wrestling. Like, it's too – now you're just – there's there, you've crossed my line from pro wrestling to just overproduced television show at that point where you're taping all of these finishes and it's heavily edited and uh, – can we do that one over? Let's take that bump again. Put, like, I, that's not pro wrestling to me. And I know some a lot of people probably disagree with that and they're rolling their eyes Right, but we've always said we come at but, it from the sports realm and and – yeah, it's just to us that's so foreign that you would stop a game and say, "Ah, oh, you know what? Take that game-winning shot again." We'd like if that one went in, actually. So, uh, my mother asked me if that's the neighbor I used to live next door to. When I lived <laughs> yeah. there. So she has no clue who Rob Gronkowski is. It does sound so. like somebody you probably lived, grew up next to. So. Yeah, so he's not. Look, he's not a household right, name. Right, that's not transcendent. Yeah, he's not. He's not even close to the star Lawrence Taylor was, and Lawrence Taylor wasn't even like you're saying, as big as they thought he was. But I, I would put him behind where LT was in 95. Um, but that could be me growing up in New Jersey, too, uh, where Lawrence Taylor was just, you know, especially someone my age, every kid's idol at that time, mm-hmm. you, everyone wanted to be Lawrence Taylor. I mean, you wanted to be Lawrence Taylor or Patrick Ewing. Those were your oh, choices. Yeah, see, that was definitely not the same in Chicago, I'll tell you that. Yeah, but I'm saying growing up in New right, Jersey, right, right, right. I might have a skewed vision of it. You know what I he mean? He also mentioned this too, and I don't know any—I don't know my geography, but he was like, "Oh, Hartford's a one-hour drive from New York. It is no way a one-hour drive from New York, right?" Uh, I don't really get up to, never really got up to New England much, but that sounds ambitious. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like two and a half. I think is what. Um, anyway, that's that's here or there. Maybe I know. like spoiler: Bruce Pritchard lies on his podcast. I uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Bruce Pritchard's a fucking dope. I mean, we all know that—an absolute shyster. Um, so yeah, I think Gronk is coming away with the title. I do. Um, I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. In some way, shape or form. I mean, why not just burn it all down? Why not just do it? Um, you know, him and Mojo Raleigh, top act. (laughs) Mojo, man. Nobody is going to, nobody is going to be benefits so more than fucking Mojo Raleigh. He'll just be on that dude's coattails and just everywhere. You, you will, you will know the name Mojo Raleigh in a few weeks. All right, now she won't stop texting me. So okay. this was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? What's going on? The last thing I want to do is text with my mother to begin with, and right. now she just won't stop. I mean, how are the kids? <laughs> like, right, on right, top right, of right. it, she's she's in New Jersey, so obviously she's on lockdown. <laughs> right, so right. Bored she's out of bored. Her mind. Yeah. Um, her husband's gone because he's on some kind of contract work because of the fucking thing. So, doing stuff for well, you know, I'm not not going to say. But, say um, I have to say that. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, so now she's just blowing up my phone. So that was a, that was a fucking mistake. Um, I'm not even sure. Like, 
I, you know, my wife would have no clue who Rob Gronkowski is. Yeah, no, I know Michelle would have no clue either. Not the first clue. I mean, no clue at all. Um, he's really, it's just an NFL thing. I mean, I don't really, I, I honestly don't think he extends beyond the, the, the NFL world. I don't even think he's a sports celebrity. Is that going too far? Yeah, I don't see, think it is. I, I know they have those Q ratings or whatever. I wonder what, uh, I wonder what Rob Gronkowski's is. I don't know if you can actually look those up. Uh, to see, I, I don't care anymore. All right, it's fine. <laughs> you know, the Q score, the uh, the the. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say he was probably a top ten most famous NFL player when he was active. Is that okay? So here, okay. So this is this is from last year. This is from March 2019. So this maybe have changed. I would say it's probably lower. Um. But, right, the further you get from your playing games. Yeah, exactly. So among the general population, Gronkowski had a 39% level of awareness. The average sports star is 26%. So, okay, so he's, he's, he's not bad as far as sports yeah, stars. a little above average. Uh, his positive Q score was 22, which means 22% of the general public that is familiar with him considers him one of their favorite personalities. Uh, the average sports star is at 17%. His Q score, his 22 Q score was sixth among NFL players uh, last year. In positivity, like right. we like him. Right. So now here, here's here's and this is exactly the comp we brought up. Tom Brady, one of his former teammates. So we said thirty nine percent level of awareness for Gronkowski. Tom Brady seventy nine percent. Yeah, Tom Brady passes the mom test. Right. Your mom knows Tom Brady. Yeah. I'm not going to ask her because I wanted to. Stop yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, just end that right now. So. But there's no. I mean, to not know Tom Brady, I question. Like what you do with your life? How do you not know who Tom Brady is? I I find that to be nearly impossible, unless you're a hermit. I mean, I so yeah, it's not even close. And as you can see, it isn't even close. But um, you know, I I would I would guess he'd be behind Eli Manning. I would guess he'd be behind just because of the Manning connection. I uh, Pat Mahomes at this point. Oh, yeah, Mahomes for sure. Mahomes has gotten more, like, publicity in terms of other ads and stuff. And obviously, yeah, just off the Super Bowl, yeah, no, he's for sure. Aaron Rodgers, he'd be firmly behind. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, sixth while he was freshly retired sounds about right. And that's just in the NFL. You know, you do this throughout all of sports, he's going to be behind, at minimum, a half a dozen NBA players, conservatively. Uh, he's going to be behind... You know Tiger Woods. He's going to be behind Roger Federer and 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 Rafael Nadal and all. You know your t- and, and Serena Williams and and Venus Williams and a, a million tennis. But yeah, so I mean, this guy he's not a big time celebrity in sports. It's also waste- it's also not always positive stuff too. That's the other thing too, where it's like it's usually like, hey, look at this drunk idiot dancing around in a boat. Yeah, he's <laughs> famous. Think. He's famous for fucking girls after games. Right. That's why he's famous because right. he's he's a party guy. And I'm not even knocking them. Like it's a great I gig. Had, oh, that's a great gig to have. You know, I think I had a quote once. I'd like to be Rob Gronkowski's penis for a day. Like that that guy's living the life. Believe me. You know, but it's like you're right. Like that's he's famous for fucking women after winning Super Bowl games. Like that's how he became because he's just a he's a he's a fun jovial guy in like a post game press conference environment. He's amazingly annoying in a pro wrestling we've seen that like it just doesn't work like he's he's even worse than mojo and they're very lucky these shows weren't in front of crowds he definitely would have gotten shit on right 
because he's not as popular as they think he is, and he's a fucking doofus. Right, and and, and the wrestling crowds usually aren't too uh, into like random celebrities dropping into their you know th- that's that's not a thing that they always are attracted to. So yeah, no, he would have been shit on for sure. His look, he's a charismatic guy, but he doesn't have he doesn't translate the pro wrestling. He doesn't have the pro wrestling charisma. He has funnest guy at the party charisma. Yeah, he's the guy at the party where. The women gravitate around him. The guys are laughing at his jokes. He's the life of the party. You don't want him to go home first. You know, you want, yeah, like he's the guy you invite to all your part, but he, that doesn't, it doesn't necessarily translate to on screen pro wrestling charisma. That's where I think it, he loses. He goes from fun, charismatic guy to very annoying presence in this environment. So, um, that's your WrestleMania preview. Yeah, there you go. Get excited. <laughs> Get happy. Uh, I think we have a review on voiceofwrestling.com. I have no idea. I feel bad asking anybody to have to watch this shit. Um, yeah, we'll review it. We'll see. We'll see what's going we'll on. We'll review it. Someone's I saying. mean, what else are people going to do? I get it, but man, it's so On tough. Saturday and Sunday. If I wasn't doing this, like literally anything else, like I'd stare at a fucking wall. And, and Would you rather it. watch Grease 2? No. I'd rather watch this. No, you're not going to go that far. No. Okay. It's fair. Um, man, am I getting a lot of like weird spam, like text messages and calls. You getting that too lately? I have not, actually. I've All my spam stuff has kind of stopped. Oh, I'm getting so much. Like, thank you for being a loyal customer. Call this number to redeem. And it's all scams. You know, it's all. I did just recently inherit $9 million, though. I just have to. Uh... Forward my oh well, <laughs> good for you. This is a solo show. From yeah. Now on. So this this lady said that uh, it was kind of confusing. Uh, she she emailed me, but then said that she was on her hospital bed, but that her husband wanted me to get the money. It was very confusing. I don't. I forget who. I couldn't tell who oh, was Rich, dying and who wanted me to. I should be a nice guy and do these people a favor, and they're going to very kindly give you nine million dollars in exchange <laughs> for your help. Yeah. It was like at first she said that the husband was dying, and then she said that she was in the hospital bed, and I was just. Uh, this is the Grease 2 trailer. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> okay, pause. Hold on, hold on, pause. Those two characters, the two school administrators there, this is what we were talking about before. Fringe characters from the first movie, starving for work, taking a role in, <laughs> in the, Grease in the 2. Pool. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, okay, let's continue. Getting lots of action, having Ooh, lots of Ooh, okay, fun. all right. Let's go. Right. Oh, here come the greasers. They're on motorcycles. Here we go. Oh, we got a pink Cadillac. Oh, that, that, pause. There's the Pfeiffer. Okay. She's looking all right. I told you, Michelle, early 80s Michelle Pfeiffer, she did it, man. Here comes the Brit off of the bus. Okay, let's see here, yeah. He is dashing. Oh, they're dancing. They're dancing and singing in the school parking lot. Because, of course, who doesn't dance and sing in the school parking lot? In perfect choreography, by the way. Okay, pause. Did you pick up on that? I didn't hear that. Yeah, what was that part? The Brit is Sandy from Greece. It's her cousin. Of course. Okay. Okay. 
So one of the fringe characters who can't get work, who's in the sequel, <laughs> has a cousin now. Yeah, saying, "Oh, I, I heard Sandy's cousin was going to be coming to school, and I didn't realize it was going to be." Yeah, so that they've established that it's Sandy, but wasn't he supposed to be Australian? They said this guy's British. <laughs> right, I think they did. More dancing in the school parking okay. lot, of course. Oh, God. Terrible, like, sports interaction, too. Oh, Jesus. The football coach with the sweatshirt and the whistle. <laughs> the whistle. Yeah. The whistle around the neck. Did he have a towel? Was he wearing, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the whistle. How tall are you? Uh, it doesn't matter. We're going to put the high heels and make you a center. <laughs> Hilarious. What a bit. And this is the trailer. Like, that's trying to talk. Yeah, that's, the, that's the best. Those are the best parts of the movie. Was that Comedy it? Like that's that. the whole thing? Uh, oh. Now more dancing in the parking uh. lot. Oh, were those the greasers? Those are the greasers, right? Okay. Uh, so what we got here is a teacher they want to fuck. Nice. Okay. So she's like, hello, boys. And she's like, Finger, finger, wa- finger wagging wave. You know the finger wagging wave. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Hello, boys." So it's not only a hot teacher, but she's blatantly teasing the greasers, which means she wants the greaser D. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I knew that was After- the greasers because I heard them go, Duh, "Hey, Mrs. Uh, whatever her name is." <laughs> right, right. So now they're like making innuendo cracks yeah. and jokes back at her, and she's got a big smile on her face, and of course her tits are out. So okay, what's, what's the name of this? Uh, what's the name of this teacher? Do you know? Hold on, let me rewind. Oh, boy. Good morning. I would really love to see all of you in music appreciation this year, okay? I'd like to see all of you in music appreciation this year. <laughs> That's a Joel Anza line. That is such a Joel like Anza line. I'd like to see you. Is it Miss McGee? Like is Miss McGee her Miss, name? Or? I think it's Miss Mason. Miss Mason, okay. I'd like to see all you boys in music appreciation oh, this Ms. year. there's Miss Maven. Uh, Connie Stevens? Connie Stevens, yeah. She'd been then, really old at this point, though. She was probably about 50, it looks okay. like. But, you know, a hot 50. Uh, she is of and Italian, then, Sicilian, and Irish descent. So, just Well, saying. of course, they always have to <laughs> do this to us. So, of course, the Greece was like, we'd like to see all of you in music appreciation. <laughs> right. You know? And then, and then, like, his other pal, like, elbows him in the ribs, like... Stop it, man. You're being too obvious, you know? Oh, I think I'm in love. <laughs> Lots of dancing. I'm going to watch this movie now. You understand? Oh, for sure, yeah. Maybe, maybe a now Patreon they're in a thing. Alley. They're in a bowling alley. There's a whole dance. Oh, they're dancing up on the lanes. Now, you can't do yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's too greasy. You're going to ruin the game. Yeah, that's that's bad. Yeah. Don't do that. You're going to get thrown out. Now, here's the T-Birds. They go and drive in on their on their motorcycles. What is the best time of the month for a woman to conceive? At night? Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. And he's like chomping on gum. Yeah, yeah. Do I see Christopher McDonald in this? I'm looking at screenshots. I think Christopher McDonald's one of the greasers. How long is this trail? I was going to say, Jesus Christ. I got your pistol right. Wow, there's a lot of dirty jokes here. Yeah, this is uh, this might be pretty good. Who knows? He's like, I got your pistol right here. What is he, Andrew Dice Clay? 
we've gotten very little Pfeiffer in this uh, in this trailer. Oh, now she's mystified by the motorcycle. Okay. But when does she fall for the British? Yeah, that, that was supposed to be the main plot. A burden on society. <laughs> oh, for a burden on society. <laughs> that might be Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> May as well be. A burden on society. Take the drag. Yeah. Hickory dickory dock. You know, I'm just waiting for it. They might. All right. There you go. The feeling goes on forever. Yeah, that does go on forever. That's for fucking true. I'll tell you what, that feeling goes on forever song did not catch on like the songs from Greece. No, I've never heard that in my life. And they're pushing that as like the big number at the end where she's being, uh, where she's swooning for the British boy. Who's the cousin of the Australian girl from the first movie somehow. (laughs) Um, so there you go. Greece too. I think I'm going to watch it. And I think we're going to talk about it next week. I'm not watching. (laughs) You can watch it. Rich. It is now your duty. To I'm watch not Grease watching two. Grease two. Are you kidding? I wouldn't watch Grease one. I have to know if two. they bone. I have to know if they bone the the music teacher. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. I'm looking at her. Yeah, she's a pretty solid fifty for sure. Connie Stevens. Yeah, Rich Crates. Connie well, Stevens. You know. Is she dead or what? Uh oh boy, I should look. Yeah, probably. She was born in 1939, so she's 81. She's alive. No, she's alive. So hopefully she stays in the house, or else she will die. So. What's she look like now? This is really going down. A... This is terrible. Yeah, we got we got we have stuff to talk about. Here. Not bad for an octogenarian. Not bad. Um, not a bad looking younger woman. I'd bang her in that grease clip. Yeah, I, I, I was looking at uh, images of it, and now yeah, I'm, I'm not against it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, as far as hot teachers go, pretty hot. So, I'd give it a trombone. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, so that is a a young Christopher McDonald in in there. I don't know which one of the uh, T birds he is, but you know, former or future Shooter McGavin. Um, yes, many many other yes. roles. Yeah, that's, that's... he's he's a T bird. Yeah, what he's do you Goose, think? About... He's Goose McKenzie. <laughs> 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 Listen to these fucking. Oh my god! Listen to these T birds. So you got Johnny Nogarelli, Goose yeah. McKenzie, Louis Demucci. Oh my god, Louis Demucci! What a name. Demucci. Louis Demucci and David Jaworski. David Jaworski. So you gotta get a gotta get a Polak in there too. So yeah, yeah, you gotta get a uh, <laughs> Eastern European in the mix. You know, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. Greece too. I wonder. See, I, I I'm gonna say that one of them. I, I don't, there's a lot of dirty jokes in that trailer, but I don't I don't think they'd go as far as to have one bang the teacher. Does it have to be like porn? Do they have to make it clear that the kid is 18 before they imply that he banged? The teacher? Right, right, right. Yeah, that's that's going to be an issue. Uh, I was trying to get like, to that. I am your 18 year old stepdaughter, and it was just my birthday today. It's <laughs> right, happy 18th birthday. <laughs> right, like <laughs> why are there so many of those? Who's looking at those? gotta be some weird law they're that fucking everywhere them. now man like yeah you can't look it out without bang my hot it's step it's like, a popular genre i don't, I don't get it but <laughs> i can't listen i can't sit here and tell you i've never rubbed one out to one of those um well because it's it a means to an end like you don't have to get involved in the stepmom kind of like storyline you can just kind of do the 
Yeah, like I can't I don't have any kind of stepmom fantasy. Right. It's like, oh, that's an older woman having sex with a younger man. Like, that's fine. You could do that. But I have yeah, I have been like, oh, look at it jugs on her. I'll watch Right, them. right, right. Yeah, but no. the whole like, we're on vacation. <laughs> like they're so weird. The ups are not that I know, I've just heard, you know, from from the uh but yeah, it's always like, we're on vacation, there's nothing to do. And it's like, why are you masturbating right now in front of me? It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. And the ones with the stepdaughters, they're always obscenely scantily clad in front of their stepfather to begin with. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, why are you walking around in, 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 in a negligee, like lingerie? I don't understand. Like, that shouldn't, that should be taboo to begin with, you know? And he's acting like it's normal. You know, it's, hey, did it's, you do the dishes? <laughs> like, he's kind of- <laughs> right, right. Like, she's doing her homework wearing <laughs> like lingerie. Like, I, that's, you know, and they're acting like that's not, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? And he's, <laughs> you're right. He's like, he's like, do your chores. Your mother's going to be home soon. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, just because you, you know. turned 18 doesn't mean you can't do your chores anymore. Yeah, that's, that's, and then there's the one where the mother does come home and she first, she looks shocked and she puts her hand over her mouth and it looks like she's going to give them the business, but then she gets turned on. Those are weird too, because that's her daughter. Like, that's not even her stepdaughter now. Like, now you're really crossing a kayfabe line because now it's supposed to be the mother and the daughter doing the stepfather, right? Now you've that you know, even if you're into like you're right, the, the, yeah, that is a weird, yeah. They're always like, here, honey, here's how he likes it, like, right? What? Who taught you how to <laughs> suck D? You know, mom, Get I don't know how way. to. Show me how to. Yeah. All right, step aside. You know. <laughs> And then, like, the guy sells it like it's so much better, you know? And and the and the girl is like, hmm, yes, this is informative. Like, she's got her hand oh, on so her chin. Oh, so, like, this mom? She's like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's how, yeah, you, that's how you do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's and then so she, weird. yeah. All, yeah, I don't know. Very, I'm just, like, you know, just heard, you know, the grapevine talking about this. So. Yeah, like, listen, I watch some kinky porn, but, like, sometimes I just want to watch people go at it. I don't need the, you know... I don't need, you know, fucking everybody intertwined and you're fucking your family members. I don't always need that, you know, always. I threw that in there. Um, so let's see. What's the next topic on hand? Well, I think you have a question to ask me first before we get to any of those topics. So, Oh, yes. Uh, Rich, I do have a question to ask you. Thank God this wasn't live, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I have actually, a... This- this would have been a perfect live. Yeah, people yeah, would be like, say. "Gotta hear this flagship." This <laughs> yeah, this is off the rails. Uh, this is bizarre. It was so weird as we're recording this. Is like it's like fucking eleven a.m. My neighbors like you know gardening. <laughs> it's gotten really like risque. I don't know why it's gotten. We we're, we're, we you know when we can't leave the house, it's getting it's getting wild here. It's it's been the horniest voice of wrestling we've had probably ever. So this is not a horny show. I will stress that again. But Rich, I have a question for you. Yep, I think I have an answer this time. I think I got it. If you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? Joe, you've said it a few times. It's 29 days, and it's ridiculous. What do you mean? We have never talked about this. I believe you've asked me. I thought you asked me a similar question before. But regard, well, I, I, regardless if you did or not, my guess is 29 days. I think you're getting hit with the old deja vu. You're familiar with the I deja do. I, get to, I think I get, I get deja vu a lot. Well, if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction – you don't want to wait 29 days. No. You want treatment ASAP. If you want to bang your music teacher, you can't wait 29 days for that, Rich. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state 
all from the comfort of your home. Which, I mean, right Robo- now, geez, we're talking about a perfect time right now to do that. You can't, can't go to the doctor, but you can call them on the phone. It's perfect. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor. Anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan, with Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, Go to GetRoman.com slash V-O-W for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash V-O-W for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Krejci, there was a very controversial wrestling match this week. And it took place at Corken Hall with an attendance of zero. It was Go Shiozaki defending the global honored crown against Kazuyuki Ironhead Fujita. Not Craig Ironhead Hayward, different Ironhead. Kazuyuki Ironhead Fujita. And uh, this went 57 minutes and 47 seconds. But as most people know by now, the first 32 minutes of the match were these two men staring at each other, barely moving. And failing to make physical contact. We have not given our opinion on this match. It is a heated debate all over the internet. Rich, what did you think of Goshi Ozaki successfully defending the GHC title in this very bizarre match? I didn't love it. It was... Really? Yeah, so I watched all the, I watched all the 30 minutes. Because it was like... I thought to myself, okay, I can't really skip this. Let me just I, – I should. You know what I mean? Like, I got nothing to do, and that's part of the match. The part of the appeal of the match is them staring at each other. Whatever. I think, all things considered, it was an interesting approach to the match. It was, it, it, was, it was a fun way, I think, to start it. But to me, 30 minutes was excruciating. If this would have been five minutes of these guys staring at each other and then going at it, I'm in. I think that's a really cool story. The idea that, like, neither guy wants to make the first move. That's fine. At 30 minutes, though, it gets absurd. It's just ridiculous. It's unbelievable that it lasted that long. It, it, it makes no sense that it lasted that long. It was just that that part was dumb. That part was really stupid. Because at some point in 30 minutes, some guy's going to make the first move. Go is going to run at him. Go, th- 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 something's going to happen. You, you know what I mean? So if they had done five, I, if you want to get a really ridiculous, go 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Go 10, 15 minutes. But 30 minutes was just a waste of, of, of my time and everyone's time. And it just becomes masturbatory at that point. You, you know what I mean? Like, that's just it, – it's, it's the same thing as doing a 1,000 moves in a 30-minute match or whatever. It, it's Doing nothing in 30 minutes is the same thing. It's just masturbatory. It's just it, it's way longer than it needs to be. Then once the match started, I'm ready because I had heard all the reports. Oh, this oh, you're gonna, oh this match is awesome. Like, everything after the stare is really good. And I don't know. It was fine. They're brawling in the crowd and stuff. I don't really like that kind of stuff, so it didn't really do much for me. They get in the ring. It's kind of slow moving. There's a lot of, like, long headlocks. Fujita's in the corner sucking air even though he hasn't done anything. He can barely breathe. And then it's just kind of over, and I was just like, okay, this was it. This is the big thing. This is the five-star match. This is the match that demands to be seen. Like, I don't know. It's fine. It was okay. But I think, you know, five minutes stare down and then, you know, a five-minute match would have been fine with me. But you're going to lose me in the crowd brawl. I don't really give two shits about crowd balls. That that imme- immediately takes me out of it. And I thought the work inside the ring wasn't really particularly great either. Fujita looked like a really old, out-of-shape dude. And, and Go, you know, to his credit, was bumping all over the place for the guy and making the guy look like a million bucks. But I don't know. I was... 
I was just kind of mad at the end with like, okay, that you know, it's fine. I think I went like two and a half stars with it. <laughs> it's like an okay match, but uh, I'm I'm flabbergasted to see like the 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 response to this match that needs to be seen. That this otherworldly match. I maybe you disagree. Maybe you're on the complete opposite end of the spectrum to me. So that'll be fun to kind of hear the debate. But I'm at a loss for why this is so transcendent or so crazy and so important of a match. It I, I don't know. I I just didn't get it. I applaud them for trying something different. But this was one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever seen in pro wrestling. Um, I agree with what you said initially. It went on for way too long. 32 minutes was absurd. You made your point after five minutes. And five minutes was egregiously long. Um, You know, it's like, they say that if you're waiting for something for five minutes, it feels like 30, you know, and, and people don't realize you, if you're on hold on a phone for two minutes, you're huffing and puffing and going, ah, I've been on hold for 10 minutes. But in reality, it's been 120 seconds. Right. It's, they made their point after five minutes and I get it's an empty arena and they were trying something unique, but uh, it went on for far too long. And I watched it unspoiled, and I wasn't taken aback by their art. I was annoyed and pissed off and wanting the match to start. And in the first five minutes, I was like, oh, this is a really cool start to the match. This is building up some tension. Yeah, I liked it. Like the camera shots of Fujita just sitting there, not even blinking. Go kind of like looking like, all right, like, what's this guy doing? Like, I'm not quite sure what to do, but I'm going to wait this out too. It was it, it, The concept is cool. The concept is really, really cool. Oh, but it just didn't work. Right. Because then after 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, this is dumb. It just doesn't make sense at that point. Like, why would go not just away? There's 20 more minutes left. You know, and it's it it was just egregiously long, and it annoyed me. I was annoyed by the time they made contact. And I watched Unspoiled. If you're going into this spoiled, I can tell you right now, there's no point sitting there for a half hour. It doesn't add anything to the match. Watch it for five minutes, get the feel, and then fast forward to when they they lock. It adds nothing. And I completely disagree with this idea that they couldn't have done it in front of a crowd. I think it would have worked better in front of a crowd because then they could have fed off the tension. Right. Then, you know, if you're in front of a crowd, Goshiozaki takes one step forward. Oh, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. And then Fujita takes one step forward. Oh, you know where they're getting there. They're getting close like that. No, it would have been a thousand times better in front of a crowd. It would have been so much better in front of a crowd. I see all these people saying this was brilliant because it's something that you can't do in front of a crowd. Shit, it would be a thousand times better better in front of a crowd. Absolutely. Standing there in an empty fucking building. Yeah. Go Shiozaki, you know, moves his body a little bit. Maybe takes two steps forward or shifts, you know, his shoulders a little bit. The crowd would gas. Yeah. You know, and then as they're standing there, as the bell rings, the crowd would be like, you know, you know, clapping and getting ready to see a match. And then they they realize nothing's happening. And there's a then there's an eerie silence, but with people there. So it matters. Okay, the eerie silence with this didn't matter because there's no one there anyway. Like and then then the wrestlers can play off of. The quiet tension among the fans and the and the and the and they can do little subtle things to get the crowd to start to react. And that's what pro wrestling is. Getting the crowd to react the way you want them, manipulating emotion. 
It would have worked so much better with a crowd. I still think 32 minutes would have been ridiculous and absurd. But the thing is, the crowd would have told them when to go. They could have fed off of clues from the fans of when the fans had enough and then started the match. It would have worked so much better with a crowd. I, I, I am baffled more than any other take that people thought that this was that could this could not have been done in front of a crowd. That is what I was biting my teeth all week as I was hiding my opinion of this match. The one thing that I was dying to put out there was you people are fucking nuts. I this can't would believe that. Yeah, I, I actually didn't see that. I would have gotten upset if I saw that. It's just. Oh, it would have been such a better idea in front of a crowd. Yeah. You know, because you could feed. That's what wrestling is, feeding off the crowd. And like you said, every subtle step would have been a gasp. And oh, you know, and, and, and the confusion of the crowd and the tension would have been phenomenal. This did not work at all. This was just boring as shit. And annoying. And I'm like, get on with it. And all I could think about 20 minutes in, 15 or 20 minutes in, was if this ends with like one high kick, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. After all of this, if Fujita just kicks him in the head and beats him, or Go just kicks him in the or whatever, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'm thinking to myself, the last thing they need to do now is wrestle a match. And they wrestled a match. Right. And then, okay. So, so I had a very similar thought too that, like, you know, once they finally tied up, I'm like, all right, cool. This thing's going to be over in like two minutes because, like, Fujita's just going to drop him on yeah. his head or Go's going to fucking just do whatever, clothesline his head off and just beat him right away. But then they just proceed to have a normal wrestling match. And I'm thinking, well, what did I just wait 30 minutes for? Well, here's the thing not only did they just have a normal wrestling match, they had a very mediocre wrestling match. Fujita takes him down and. You know, I, that's obviously the story that, you know, he's the shooter or whatnot. And he takes him down and Shiozaki, he puts him in a fucking lazy ass side headlock and Shiozaki eventually fights out of it and gets to his feet. Okay. And I understand that's supposed to be big moment for Shiozaki because he escaped the, the, the mount of Fujita. If you're into that stuff, I get it. I'm not particularly into that stuff. I just want to see you guys fight. So, you know, but if you're into that, I get it. Okay. But then they go and do the walk and brawl into the empty crowd, and this is where this match completely lost me. Because I don't like walk and brawls to begin with, and I've been very consistent about that. I can tell you exactly when I was tired of seeing walk and brawls. Nineteen ninety six. Oh, I was going to say ninety nine for me, but you went to ECW for for years, so yeah, you. you I was you'd be tired earlier. of them. I was tired of them in real time, where they were invented. In nineteen ninety six, I was tired of walk and brawls into the crowd. Okay, it is now 2020. It's 25 years later, and I'm sick of walking brawls. These guys walk into the crowd. They go up the cork and steps with no fans. They go into the hallway. They fuck around with the elevator. None of this is doing anything for me. Yeah, at this point, it's just a shitty attitude era main event with fucking insert whoever. Yeah, I am bored to tears at this point. And this was the majority of the match outside of the staring contest. Okay, so the staring contest annoyed me. The walking brawl. Bored me to tears. They finally get back in the ring. Fujita's blown up because he's been going up and down stairs and he's 50 years old. So he's blown up. There's like three minutes of really good action. And then the finish is flat as fuck. Where Go hits those weak-ass clotheslines. Fujita can't bump properly because he's blown up. And the finish came off flat as hell. So you had a 30-minute staring contest. Some perfunctory grappling. Where Shiozaki escapes the mount, 
a boring walk and brawl that went on for about 10 to 12 minutes, three minutes of, of solid action, hard-hitting wrestling, and a lame-ass flat finish. This is a five-star match. People are out of your fucking minds. Okay? We all like what we like. Okay? I'm, I'm not saying that you can't like this or you shouldn't like this or that the stare down, if, 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 look, we've all created our own headcanon for matches before and, look, I get it if, I really do get it if you enjoyed the stare down. Yeah, for sure. I didn't I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was way too long. And, you know, we've already talked about why I, I think the stare down didn't work. But and I've seen 19 different explanations for the psychology behind the stare down, which which tells me that they told a bad story because nobody has the same story. You know, one person says, well, uh, Shiozaki was standing on the Noah logo and protecting Noah and 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 defending Noah from the outsider. Okay, but then someone else says, "Well, they were trying to intimidate each other." And then someone else says, "Well, Shiozaki knew that Fujita was going to try to finish him fast, so he was going to try to force Fujita into making the first move." And then I read something else, and someone else says something else, and someone, well. If everyone had a different interpretation on it, then it wasn't this great storytelling masterpiece that you think it was because the story obviously wasn't clear. And I still don't understand. I still don't see any kind of consensus or anything of what the story was. So if you're going to turn out around and say, well, it's interpretive art. It's like a great painting. Maybe it means something to different people. At that point, you lose me because it's a fucking pro wrestling match. Okay? You don't need to reinvent the wheel here. It's two guys fighting for a title. Okay, we're not in a fucking art gallery staring at abstract art, nor should we be. The story should be simple and it should be clear. I shouldn't have to have 19 different interpretations and decide which one fits best for me. I'm sorry, that's not what pro wrestling is. Okay, that's why it didn't work for me and why it fell flat. Now listen, if they would have done that for 32 minutes and annoyed the hell out of me and then had a killer match, I'd at least... But but the match wasn't the match was just a match, right? Yeah, we're we're, we're like so, and it's not even like because I've actually found some some interest in Fujita matches as of late. Like the the, the one against Taniguchi, uh, what was that November? I want to say the Taniguchi match. Yeah, yeah it was like the, seven or eight minutes or whatever, and it was like and, those guys just fucking. It was a they war. Just each other up. Yeah, yeah. I fucking and, loved and, it. It was great, and that's what I thought I was getting here. I thought thirty minutes stare down, but then they're finally going to beat each other. And then in two minutes, someone's going to emerge victorious because they both knew that the second they, they, these bulls, you know, clash their horns or whatever, one of the bulls, you know, one of them is going to win and the other is going to lose, or the other one's going to die, you know, die or whatever in the middle. That's what I thought I was getting. And then instead it's just like, all right, now let's have a 30 minute match. I'm like, Oh, all right. <laughs> like, cool. Rich, here's the, th- here's what it comes down to. If in wrestling, when anybody attempts or does something different, you're going to have people who love it Sure. because we're, we're all just starving for something different when it comes to wrestling. So I get it. I really do get it. Um, I, I, I vehemently disagree, but that this was a great match, but I get it because, you know, anytime you see something wildly different, people love the fiend. There's people who love um, anything attempted that, you know, the, the Matt Hardy stuff or the fucking, uh, uh, the undead realm in impact. There's people who, you know, will defend that. And this to me is along those lines, not in that it's mystical or anything like that. Cause far from it, but it's just so different and deviates so far from the norm and so far from the path that people are going to latch on to something that is experimental and different in that way. Um, now, now, now here's the thing. And I think this is where uh, I might annoy some people and get under some people's skin, but rich, do you think if say, 
I don't know, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair did this on Saturday, that it would be getting the same oh, praise. God, no. Jesus Christ, no. The same people praising this would be burying it underneath the earth it's, and mocking it and laughing it's, it's at it. Kento Miyahara and another guy did it. They'd be burying it, too. So. Oh, that's true, too. I mean, you know, because Kento's a whipping boy to, to a lot. Hey, look, I agree. You know, it, it, so that's that's the other aspect of this that must be considered. No one wants to say it, but it has to be considered. It also, and my point here is how over the wrestlers are to you personally plays a gigantic factor in any wrestling analysis. So uh, if Fujita is already over with you, and then they do something experimental and outside the box like this, which sort of plays into his character, you're going to love it and you're going to like it. I get that. I understand that. But I saw them, for me, they wasted 30 minutes of my life and then had a very mediocre match. Right. I would have forgiven. I would have honestly, I, honestly, I would have forgiven the 30 minutes. If, if the crowd ball stuff doesn't happen, the stuff that happened in the ring was kind of cool. Like you said, Fujita uses his MMA stuff on it. Shiozaki counters the MMA stuff. Okay, fine. If that doesn't work for you, whatever. But that was cool. And then, like, they start just fucking throwing chops at each other. And and, and eventually, Shiozaki no-sells it. They stare down. He takes his head off, and he wins. Like, yeah, that would have been fine. 30 minutes and then a three, five, whatever, however long you want, seven minute or whatever, brawl between these two in the middle of the ring where these guys just go and try to kill each other is fine. I don't need Kaz Fujita teasing that he's going to throw Go Shiozaki off a balcony and then they just go back and fight downstairs again. Like, okay. No, again, again, that's where they lost me. It's like when they finally hooked up, the match went how a lot of people thought it would go with Fujita, you know, grappling and being dominant from the top position. And if the match kept going in that direction, then the opening of the match makes more sense. Yeah, then Shiozaki right? knew, fuck, if I get in a grappling thing with this guy, this guy's going to beat me because he's Kazuchika and I'm or, Shiozaki or whatever. Yeah. Or Shiozaki has to constantly overcome Fujita's strengths yeah. throughout the match, which is what your ace and your champion should do with an outsider, right? Um, you know, one of the other many interpretations of the stare downs I heard was, well, Fujita's a shooter and has been apt to not want to do business, so maybe they were playing off of that. Ugh. Like, maybe Shiozaki's not sure if he's going to cooperate. But that's what I mean. There were so many different interpretations of the stare down that that tells me that they didn't do a great job getting their story across. Because I still don't know what the story – do you know what the story was supposed to be? I'm not sure, yeah. Because I do not know. I just – my story, my interpretation was that neither man wanted to make the first move. So they just sat, sat there and stared at each other. But again, that makes sense for five minutes. And then Goshiozaki's probably just like, all right, you know what? Fuck this. Like, All of the explanations that I've mentioned make sense. And all of them are pretty good, to be honest. They all make sense, and they're all decent explanations. I think all of them went on far too long. My point is if there's that many explanations from people who all follow the promotion, are familiar with the wrestlers, and actively enjoyed the match, that tells me that whatever story they were trying to tell fell on its face. Because right. nobody understands what the story was. So you can't tell me that this was a great 30-minute uh, uh, story when nobody can agree on what the story actually was. See, that's, that's where that kind of loses me. And the walk-in brawl completely bored me to tears and, and lost me. And then they get back in the ring and I'm, you know, he ate the hand sanitizer and it's like, I, whatever. I mean, I, that doesn't do anything for me. You know, the elevator spot, the balcony, all that stuff. It's I just can't deal with walking brawls. I've never, and that I'm being very consistent. Mm -hmm. When have I ever come on here and praise the walk? No, I mean, never. Yeah. I've hated that shit for 25 years. Then they get back in the ring. There's like three minutes of, of what I would call 
very good to great wrestling in this 57. Yeah, and that would have been great. That To me, that's that's what I want. That's what I want out of like a guy like a Kaz Fujita or, or whatever. And like I mention that all the time. I go back and watch old, uh, you know, different era New Japan stuff or, or, or other like shoot style stuff. And I've always enjoyed because people think that, oh, I don't you don't you don't like that style. You don't like I do like that style, but I like those guys to just go out there and fucking try to kill each other in six minutes. Like that idea makes sense to me. Like a UFC fight, a UFC fight. You know, my favorite UFC fights are the ones where they, they the, the bell rings and these guys just go and they beat each other. Like I don't need to see guys laying on top of each other. I don't need to see kind of grapple type stuff. And and I think it's a perfect opportunity to use Kazuchika, who is going to blow up, who can't last that long. Again, the Taniguchi match was perfect. It was seven minutes. The guys just try to kill each other. They fucking hit each other in the head, and then it was over. And, and Fujita beat him. And it was like, all right, cool. That makes sense. Rich is not a Damian Maya fan. No. <laughs> he's a Peter Belfort yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. He's a, uh, a Vanderlei Silva fan. He's a, you know, he's not a, you know, Rich is not a big fan of uh, of Ben Askren. No, yeah, um, no, no. I don't need these fucking geeks rolling around doing their fucking technique. I don't need that shit. Askren is uh, more of a lay in prayer. He just wants to muzzle. He just wants to uh, uh, control you and, and and eke out a point victory. Damian Maya is probably what you're really talking about. A guy who wants to uh, use advanced technique to 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 outwit his opponent and, and lock on a hold. Yeah, at I the just end want a big roided up guy to just punch somebody and beat him. <laughs> That's what I want. Now, see, my, the difference between you and me is I appreciate all that stuff in real fights and the technique and all that. In my pro wrestling, I, I like my pro wrestling to be a little more performative and a little more simulated, uh, more on the simulated violence end. And Fujita is that, believe me. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a nasty ass kicker because we've kind of gotten off course a little bit. But, um, but the fact is, to me, as an overall package, I didn't hate this. I didn't really like it either. Um, when I add it all together... It was a two-and-a-half-star wrestling match once they got going and, and had their match. And I have to deduct for the awful 32 minutes of nothing. I mean, I can't lie. I watched it unspoiled, and I was agitated by the end of it. So to me, this is like a a generous – generously, to me, this is a two-star match. Because if this would have been a five-minute staring contest and the exact same match that they had – I'd go like two and a half or three, but I've got to deduct for the extra 25 minutes of doing nothing and really wasting my time. I, I, my, my, my feeling. And remember, I read nothing about the match beforehand. I watched it blind. I was not influenced by positive or negative opinions. And when they finally hooked up my, the first emotion I felt, the first thought I felt was they just wasted 32 minutes of my time. And that's really the worst thing you can do is waste somebody's time. So as a total package, a very generous two stars because I'll also give them credit for trying something different. I do give them credit. Yeah, I no, just... for sure. Like I said, again, like I, I have no problem with it. The length is the problem. If it was five minutes and then they beat each other up, I'm good. I'm saying this is a pretty re- awesome match. Very different. A cool style. Like, because the stare down was cool. But then, yeah, like five, six minutes in, you're like, all right. Let's go. If it's a five-minute stare down and a killer match, we're having a very different conversation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, they built the tension. This was phenomenal. If this was a stare down in front of a crowd, we might be having a different conversation. Oh, they had the crowd in the palm of their hands. This is what pro wrestling is. They were owning that. You know, they owned fucking 2,000. Well, it's Noah. 1,200 people. And, <laughs> and they were 
and, and, you know, they had him in the palm of their hands and they, they, cause to me, I love that aspect of pro wrestling, controlling the crowd, manipulating their emotions. That's why I can appreciate modern Kenta, even though he's broken down. We talk about it all the time. Cause I think he's such a master manipulator of the crowd now. And, you know, so I don't know. Um, that's where I stand on it. Quite honestly, I didn't even think it was the best match on the show. Um, in fact, and I'm not trying to be edgy guy, I thought it was the fourth best match on a four-match show. Um, but I thought the junior title match was easily the best match on the show. But uh, I don't know. you have anything else to add or – yeah, not 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 else, uh, not much else. So yeah, it, so whatever. Interestingly enough, at first it was trending to be the highest rated match in the history of cage match and grapple. Um, cage match, it has lost some steam on both. It's still an eight point six five on cage match, which is a very high rating. So most people disagree with us. Although it's a very divisive match. Like, you either give this five stars or you're giving it, like, a star and a half is what I noticed. There's very few people that are, like, what I just said, two stars. Um, and on Grapple, as we speak, it is down to 3.64. And, in fact, the junior match has passed it. The junior match is at 3.84. So... I don't know if it's fair to say that the rest of the world thinks that this is a match of the year. There are clearly people who think that this is one of the greatest things they've ever seen, but I don't know if this is close to the consensus opinion that it felt like in the first 48 hours. Right, as as more and more people have kind of checked out and watched it, yeah, it, 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 it certainly has sort of changed. Um, Which then begs the question, is it something that needed to be watched live? To appreciate, I mean. Yeah, maybe. But I watched it unspoiled. So I so I don't know if I agree with that either. But I don't know. They tried it. It didn't work for me. I didn't hate it. I just thought it was a very basic match with a very bizarre experiment. That is that fair to say? A very basic match with a very bizarre experiment that just didn't work for yeah, me. Yeah, no, I think it's fair. That's the best way I could sum it up for me. And now that we have done the show, well, no, I'm not going to put my rating in yet because I'm going to wait for people to listen to the show. Because remember, this is one of the big hooks this week. I know. Actually. I noticed that you didn't put your rating. I put my rating in and then I realized, oh, no. Because <laughs> I said I didn't put his rating in. Oh, no, he wanted us to wait, but I already put it in. There, no, so. Nobody knows my opinion at all of this match because I was able to bite my tongue all week. So uh, the rest of the show, did you watch the rest of the show? I did, right? yeah. So we can, we can quickly go over that because we are a little pressed for time here. But, yeah, let, let's, let's do it. Did you? Did you like the junior match as much as I did? I love the junior I, match. I thought it was great. I went notebook. Um, Ogawa no, working over yeah, Harada's and Ogawa arm. just being a slimy dickbag and just out of nowhere, he just fucking pins this guy. And Harada's just like, fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, he gets up and he's just like, what? No. How did I lose to this guy? Love it. Yeah, this was a great match with a great finish. And what really is shaping up as a great title run. I mean, Ogawa has been great since he's gotten this reinvigorated push. I've got nothing but good things to say. Again, I went notebook on this. I went four stars flat. I gave it a grapple rating. Uh, cage match, they're uh, 7.9 on this one. So not that far behind the main event either. Um, the national title match was Takashi Sagara defeating Minoru Tanaka. This was uh, a junior getting a shot at the national title. 
I saw people bashing this. I thought it was okay. I mean, I, I didn't think it was a great match or anything like that, but I enjoyed it. And we later found out that Tanaka is a battered mess and he's getting surgery and everything. So that may have affected. The okay. Quality. That makes a little more sense. Cause I think I was kind of surprised that this was as short as it was. And that Minoru Tanaka wasn't doing as much as I kind of expected him to do in the match. And I won't say I disliked it. Cause I, I, I still thought it was really good. I was just kind of surprised. It wasn't as dynamic as I kind of had in my head, but it makes all the sense in the world that if Tanaka's beaten up, then yeah, that, that, then, okay. That makes a lot more sense. He got a shattered ankle or something. Oh I think. shit. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. And then he did pretty well. All things considered. So whether it happened in the match or it came into the match with the problem, I got hiccups. What a horrible time. Oh, no, the worst. You're never going to get rid of them either. Um, You know, it clearly it may have affected this match. So uh, but I thought it was still a pretty good match anyway. I mean, I still I I closed the grapple um, because I I also teased everyone. I gave my grapple ratings for the rest of the show, just not the main event. I I can fire it up to see. Do you want me to see what you uh, what you rated that one or I gave it three and a half. There you go. All right. In hindsight, maybe a little high. I'd probably go like three and a quarter. You could change them now, right? You can, yeah. Um, and I went four on Ogawa Harada. And then the opener was uh, Kotoge and Suzuki uh, losing the junior tag titles to Rattel's Rich. They're back on top, Hayata and Yohei. I, I, you know, a lot of times I really hate Hayata and Yohei. Well, not hate, but I just don't enjoy them. But I thought this was pretty good. Oh, that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm surprised. I, that was going to be my hot take here is that I actually like them because I, you, I, you and I are, are two of the, the low end of, of, of them, uh, you yeah. know, and Yohei. So I was like, as the match was over, I was like, oh, that was a damn good match by those two guys. I can't wait to tell Joe that I thought I liked him here, but you did too. So I don't think yeah, it's really, really good. Match. I don't know. I don't know what it was exactly that changed about him, but something happened in this. And I was just like, yeah, these guys are pretty fucking good. All right, cool. Well, I mean, I look, they're up and down. I mean, the next match you see, which could be a very long time of these two guys, it's like. They'll probably be terrible again. Right, but, right. They they do. They, I I I've gone that way with Yohei for a while. Where like I'll watch a match and be like, I get it now. I'm in. I love it. And then yeah, the next one comes. And I'm like, never mind. He sucks. And it. then it's really sloppy, right. you know. And they look like they look like Jordan Oliver all of a sudden, you know. And it's like, but sometimes like here they're they're pretty okay. And I thought this was a nice little match. Like I said, honestly, I thought the main event. Like I'm not trying to be hot take guy. I thought it was my the fourth best match on a format show. Um, because all the other matches, one match I thought was great, and the other two matches I thought, you know, they yeah. worked for me. They were nice little matches for their spot on the show. So uh, that was the four-match Noah, no-fan show. Yeah, more, more four-match match shows, by the way. I like I like a good four-match show. <laughs> so what do you want to do? You want to do this EPW? Yeah, let's do the program? EPW one. I think that's that's the more important of all these. So we got to bury we got to bury a listener here for a shit yes, performance that he he, uh, he had on this main event. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, we do this bit with uh, Davis Storm, who happens to be a listener. I don't even know where the bit originated from, but the bit is that he is dying to hear us bury him. A classic Voices of Wrestling burial. Uh, But, you know, he's had two big main event matches this year. Uh, This match here against uh, Marcus Pitt. And I'm glad I know how to pronounce Marcus Pitt now because I've been pronouncing it wrong before. because of that weird I in his name. Why is there an I in so his name? So what were you saying? What were we called? Marquise? Were you calling him Marquise? Or what were you saying? I was saying Marcius. Marcius. Oh, okay. Hmm. But I guess it's just Marcus. Yeah, it's just Marcus. I get why you, I get, I get, I, I'm, I'm not going to throw you under the, I, I understand why you would say that. Why the fuck is there an I in there's his There's a weird, yeah, there's no need for the I in there. So I'm, I'm with you. I, it, it doesn't belong there. Um. So anyway, I lost my train of thought. Oh, we were talking about Davis Storm. So. 
he had an MCW match, which we also talked about on the show against Adam Brooks last month. Remember? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Tremendous match. Uh, but this is that's Melbourne City Wrestling. This is EPW. I see. See a lot. This is a funny story. A couple weeks ago, somebody said, "Ah, Joe, I heard about the earthquake. I hope everything's okay." And I was like, "Earthquake? What the fuck are you talking about?" And then I realized there was an earthquake in El Paso, Texas. <laughs> Which you're like, like eleven hours away from, right? Rich, I live about as close to you as I live to El Paso. <laughs> right, I was going to say you might you might be able to drive to Chicago before you get to El Paso. That's great. Like people genuinely don't understand how big Texas is and how vast it is, and I'm all the way on the east side in El Paso. El Paso is closer to Los Angeles than it is to me. So it's the same with Australia. Davis Storm is a um, is a West Australia guy. He's one of these, and a lot of these guys in EPWR. These are all Perth guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, Melbourne is on the complete opposite side of the country on the east coast of Australia. So, but a guy like Davis Storm, he'll make his way over to uh, MCW once or twice a year, and and because he's a star on in that scene, you know, he'll main event like he did against um, Adam Brooks last month, and he had a, a very good match. And then uh, his second big match this year was a main event back in his home territory. He's like he's the Godfather. Yeah, of that's the gimmick. He's been there for nearly twenty years, or maybe even twenty years at this point. And, um, you know, he's got a retirement match here. It's the title versus career. It's his career versus Marcus Pitts, EPW Coastal title, which is the big title in the company. Um, they don't call it a world title. They call it a coastal title. So uh, not, to any, not a secondary title or anything like that. Just, so, just, to, just to give people a fair mind, it's 36 hours from Perth to Melbourne. So, like, 36 you know, hours from Perth to Melbourne. Because there was one yeah, time, I think Kevin Chiat, who, who writes a lot of stuff for us, I was like, hey, you ever been to a, you know, I forget which one I was telling him about. I'm like, hey, yeah. you ever been to an EPW? He's like, well, no, it's like three days away from me. Like, He's like, dude, I got to fly. <laughs> right, I, like, I have to fly and like take a connecting flight to get there. So, no, I, I, I haven't. So, like, it's like somebody asking me, oh, yeah, you see that uh, you go to PWG this weekend? I'm like, no, I live in Chicago. Like, why would I, yeah, why would I jaunt over jump. to fucking yeah. <laughs> get to Los Angeles? And you know, like, oh, all right. Like, there's just no concept of, like, reality when you hear a country. So, I, I get it. It's like we're all kind of dumb with that. But Yeah, so just to give the, the perspective, the match he had against Adam Brooks and MCW – Storm's kind of the guy from another part of the territory coming in for a special right, match. Right, right, right. Like he does once or twice a year. This is his home base, you know. And there's a lot of Perth guys on this show. Damian Slater and and I believe Pitt is a West Australian guy too. And Gavin McGavin is another one. Uh, that's an interesting name, uh, Gavin McGavin. Yeah, it's very strange, but uh, I appreciate hard it. Hard to say. But these are all your West Australia guys that work uh, the EPW company. And Davis Storm, the godfather of EPW putting his career up against the title of Marcus Pitt. So this is like a big match that they've been building to, and that's important for the context of the match uh, when we talk about it. And to make my very long story uh, short here, uh, this guy, it's a running bit. He's a listener. He's been waiting for us to crush him in a match review. And Rich, much like the Adam Brooks match, I'd love to oblige him, but this match fucking ruled. I have nothing bad to say about this. Um, I love this as a total package. Um, I'll give my rating at the end after we talk about the match. But um, not only did I think this match was pretty great, I thought he in the match himself, Storm, was pretty great as well. So unfortunately, we cannot satisfy his thirst for burial. 
the the sadist uh, uh, that he is. But uh, what do you think of Davis Storm, Marcus Pitt? I will give you the floor first. Yeah, he did it again. He, he keeps saying, hey, watch the smash and parry. And it's like, dude, you got to start having bad matches, man. Um, no, this was this was great. This, so I, I mentioned to you as well, there were some parts of this that, that, that to me I was like, ah, this isn't quite landing for me. I don't quite like it. Like, so to give you an idea, they do a really good promo package before to kind of give you an idea of, of, of all of the story. Marcus Pitt versus Davis Storm, why they're fighting. You know, Davis Storm cuts some great promos before the match and, and, and kind of gets you ready for it. And, and yeah, the entrances, you can tell it's a big deal from the entrances too. The crowd is, is living and dying by these guys. They're real hot from the beginning. The announcers, I thought, did a tremendous job of kind of giving you uh, some color and giving you an idea of, you know, why this match is happening, how important this match is, all that sort of stuff. And so the match happens, and both people, Davis Storm has, has, has a guy named Richter out with him, uh, and Marcus Pitt has uh, a valet by the name of Amber out with him and and they get involved a little bit and there were some points where I was like ah man we're gonna get like the managers involved in that sort of stuff and there were some points where it got a little eye rolly for me and I was just like ah, I don't really love it not really into this but um quickly you'll find out that is not the important part of the match and that is not the part that you really have to to, to hone in on because the last you know five ten minutes of the match they do a bunch of stuff back and forth people get interference people get sent to the back people do all that so there's all this little teasing or whatever but the last 10 minutes is just these guys Tuttle versus career putting it all on the line good kickouts without it being too overwrought like really good you know nearly I mean one of the best close near fall 2.9s I've ever seen it comes in this match where the crowd, like, the referee slowly, he gets, like, knocked down, but he gets up real quick, and he's slow, and the fans are just like, oh, no, Pitt's going to win, and it's one, two, and, like, man, his 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 hand is, like, a half an inch away from hitting the mat, and David Storm kicks out, and the fans just fucking erupt. They just go absolutely nuts, and it's, it's really, really cool, and then you get uh, another part where, like, initially I'm like, oh, man, we're getting a bunch of interferences, we're getting all this sort of bullshit, but it all kind of works, and you and I, we, we had talked off air, and, and, and I, I want to kind of talk about it a little bit more, is that you get, like, Damian Slater comes in, and Damian Slater is trying to screw over uh, David Storm. And Julian Ward, who's like Damian Slater's like lackey, is is in the ring. And Damian Slater says, "No, you hit him with the chair. You hit him with the kendo stick or whatever." Because um, yeah, it was a kendo stick, right? Yeah, or it was a Singapore King kendo stick or whatever. Kendo he's like, stick, no. yeah. yeah, he's like, "No, you do the bidding for me. You do it." And then Julian Ward is about to hit Damian Storm, and he turns around, he decks Damian Slater, and the crowd erupts. Hell yeah, yeah. fuck Damian Slater. And 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 you know, if you don't know the backstory of it, you can you, you'll learn a little bit in this uh, in well, the match Damian, as well. well so. Damian Slater, Marcus Pitt. Amber, they're all TMDK, which right, is like right, right. the Australian equivalent of Bullet Club. They just never go away and they're constantly changing members. Um, you know, uh, you know, because you, you can go all the way back to Shane Hayes, to Mikey Nichols, and Jonah Rock for TMDK. Right, you know, right, this right. is like the modern uh, version. And, you know, uh, Slater and Ward lost a match earlier in the night, a tag team match a little earlier, and then they run in to help their boy after the ref bump. And you think you're going to get this egregious – uh, you know, uh, bullshit segment of the match, but you don't. The ref bump was just to set up Julian Ward's babyface turn, which the crowd erupted for. Yeah. So, so it all worked. But anyway, uh, go ahead. So there's that, that, that. So yeah, again, like I, as this is all happening, I'm like, oh, here we go. We're gonna get this. Like, dumb, you know, people, everybody attack Davis Storm, and he's gonna kick out again. But it was, it was done perfectly. And 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 like I said, the conversation that you and I had was compare this to like an NXT takeover where a thousand guys run in and a thousand things happen, and all it's meant to do is to build to the next near fall. Whereas this stuff is all happening, and there are near falls happening in in this match, but it's all built to 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 give you new stories. Damien Slater versus Davis Storm, Julian Ward versus Damien Slater. You know, what I mean, like well, that. Well, th- yeah, well, the, the whole thing is Julian Ward is leaving on excursion to go to Canada. Right. So, so before he leaves Australia, they turn him babyface. Right. And he becomes part of the story in 
helping to save Davis Storm's career. Because remember, the Godfather of the the Godfather of EPW's career is on right. The he's line putting here. it all on the line here, and then and then when you see that and, and and know that that's on the line there, that's why all these kickouts and all these near falls were, were met with such huge reactions and 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 whatnot. And then you know Davis Storm just he, he gets the win. The final the few minutes of the match are just great work between these guys. And Davis Storm worked his ass off in this match too, man. He took some brutal bumps, some really tough stuff. And and, and that's nothing against Marcus Pitt too, because Marcus Pitt worked his ass off uh, as well. But uh, yeah, much to his chagrin. Uh, I thought Storm was awesome in this match, and I thought this was a really, really, really fun. Um, it's, it's everything good that's that, that can come from a match with a bunch of interference and a bunch of you know near falls and stuff. Like sometimes that stuff can get overwrought. Sometimes that stuff doesn't land. This is when it lands, and this is when it works for that audience because you, when Davis Storm gets that win, and this crowd, they just they're it's unglued. The building blows off, or the roof blows off the building because people are so excited and so happy that this guy did it. He won. He's gonna stay here. He won the title. Marcus Pitt lost. TM MDK got what was coming to them. It's just like, it, it's a perfect, like cathartic experience for those fans in there. And, and yeah, if you don't know the story, you it might get lost in it a little bit, but I think they do such a good job in the buildup and during the match to let you know how important the story was. So yeah, yeah sorry Davis, but it fucking rolled. So sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They show the pre-match video, which kind of sets you up for it. But I mean, and then Pitt still almost is able to screw storm. And win under nefarious means, yeah, but then yeah. Gavin McGavin comes down. Oh, right. I forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And he has just turned babyface, so he levels Pitt with the with the belt to kind of even that out. And then that's not the finish, though. Then Storm, now okay, we had these two wild run-ins to advance two different stories: the Ward babyface turn. We establish McGavin as as being a babyface here, and then we get all that out of the way. And now both guys have been screwed, and now we're back on a level playing field. And then they wrestle for like two more minutes and Storm ends up winning the match, saving his career and winning the title in the process. The good guys win, the bad guys lose, and everybody goes home happy. And it, it's sort of like, on one hand, it kind of felt like a takeover match. But on the other hand, it also felt like something that would have been booked by Paul Heyman. Yeah. Where you have three or four different stories converging at once. And then... When the match ends, like you said, we have all of these different directions now. Well, yeah, the difference between a takeover is like things happen in a takeover to build up to the next kickout. You know, yeah. guys run in, Kyle O'Reilly runs in and, and, and knocks Johnny Gargano on his ass just so Johnny Gargano can kick out. There's nothing advancing in that story. There's no new story there. There's no nuance. It's just Bobby Fish comes in and, and does something. Kyle O'Reilly comes in and drags the referee away. And all that's for is for the next kickout to happen. And the next big thing to happen, which that that format has worked, and there's I'm not saying that that format doesn't work all the time, but there's a huge difference between that and what happens here, where like you said, this is 1996, where Raven comes in and he does something, and now there's a new story with Raven and Dreamer, and then there's and this guy comes in and he does that, and then Sabu, like it was that sort of chaos of ECW finishes that is so much better because everything that's happening is building towards something else coming out of it. That when this is over, now you have four or five different stories that you can build off of versus just building to the next kick out that Johnny Gargano is yeah. going to do. It's a turning point show for the company. Cause now you come out of this show with a new champion with Davis storm's career still intact. Julian Ward is now uh, a baby has finally turned on TMDK and is a baby face after he turned heel uh, about a year earlier in, in a similar scenario. And now he's going off and then storm, you know, uh, wishes him well on his way to Canada. So he'll come back, uh, presumably a bigger star coming off of that. And it solidified the McGavin turn where you're not sure, quite sure where he stands. Well, then he comes down 
and he attacks Pit and helps Storm. So now everyone, go, the place explodes when he hits yeah. Pit with the bell. So you have all of these, like you're saying, all of the interference spots advanced other stories in the company and set things in different directions. And now the company, it, it's like a turning point show from that perspective. So uh, the company legend lives on. He's the champion. Uh, TMDK is in is in decay and and in turmoil. And they you know and and uh, Gavin McGavin is established as a babyface again. And and off you go. And now you go whatever direction you're going to go when this fucking pandemic ends. But as far as the match itself, I thought it was incredibly well worked. Uh, Storm throws an incredible flying knee. I mean, whether you want to call it the V trigger or flying knee or whatever. Uh, goofy Australian name he might use for it. I have no idea. Um, you know how we are with the move names. Um, it, you know, I thought Pitt was dead like three different times in this match when he got uh, and Pitt for his part was excellent in the match as well. Especially oh, his, 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 his kickouts, his his two point nine kickouts were great too. Yeah, and and Storm is just he's an excellent worker, and so's Pitt. Pitt's a guy I've seen plenty of, and a lot of the guys in EPW. Damian Slater's a guy I always talk about. Like you know, he was in the Cruiserweight Classic and. Um, you know, I saw him have a match against TJP, which was uh, last year, which was an awesome match. I think Ward has a lot of potential, and he's a guy people will be will be seeing uh, in North America. Gavin McGavin is always a guy. Michael Morleone's another good worker, and on the undercard, I mean, we're not going to do every match, but I thought the the un- the people on the undercard who I had never seen before even impressed me. Yeah, there were some um, there were some guys that really jumped off the page. Even like Taylor King, who does like a weird. Uh... Um, like iCarly slash like <laughs> Hannah Montana gimmick or whatever. There's just like this cheesy like kids star thing it was good because like you see him and you're like, man, that, that guy's pretty solid. Like I don't know how old he is. He looks like he's like fucking 21 years old, but there's some potential. There's a lot of good potential out there. Just compared to the Australian shows that I watched like two years ago, the undercards are so much better. Now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, it's it's you know whereas they're not out there and you're not like cringing at some of the stuff you see. Just the quality, like, listen, the, the top guys were always good, right? Some of the guys we've already talked about and some of the guys on the other coast, whether, or, you know, some of the guys that have moved on, like your Robbie Eagles and Slex and people like that, who or Adam Brooks, who people are, those guys were always good. Davis Storm was always good. You know, Damian Slater was, but now up and down the card, you've got, you know, uh, wrestlers who who are competent and, and the scene has just improved so much just in the last couple of years. Uh, just that when I've been following it closely, but and what I think is kind of cool too. And, and I don't mean to, I'm not going to turn this into another rant cause we have too much else to do, but it's, it's to me, it's interesting to see what these guys are using as their like basis for how they would. Cause you can tell even from the guys that are just like brand new or coming out or whatever, they're not American indie comedy guys. They're you get, you get a little more of that in epw than you do in mcw but i agree with you yeah they, they seem like guys that they're more they're watching their japanese tapes you know what i mean like a little bit of of what we had in the american indies for a long time before where, where, where you could tell they're all watching you know their new japan or they're watching old ring of honor or they're watching that sort of stuff a little bit more than they, and i'm not saying that you can't have characters i'm not saying you can't be a little over the top but it definitely seems like the tone is a little bit more of a little more serious than than you know, because my worry, and, and, and you mentioned this as well, is that, you know, new generations watch this stuff and go, oh, cool, I'll be, you know, a fun character that wears weird glasses and has, you know, you know, me matches or whatever. And I, I don't see that from these guys, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But the match itself was, the work in the match was excellent. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. And if, and if you buy in to the story and that just enhances, this is a situation where the story elements of the match enhance it. 
if if you're into it. The the big spot, I mean, the first two thirds was just, but the match really picks up where they do the spot where Pitt kind of throws the valet in front of Storm, right? And he and and Storm accidentally takes her out. And the you know the the the, the, uh, the commentator, crikey, Storm <laughs> Storm just took out Amber. He took out Amber on the floor. How's that for an Australian That's accent? That's not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I got to throw in the, he didn't say crikey, but you got to throw in the crikey, right? You got to do that. Like if you're an American, it, if you're ever going to do an Australian accent, you got to say crikey first. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's just, that's the rules. So crikey, Storm just took out Amber. Amber's out on the floor, right? And then Pitt like kills Storm on the, into the rail with that fucking overhead fucking, I forget what it was. Was it a double underhook suplex or was it a uh, some kind of fucking wild fucking di- – I don't know what it was. But the, the bump that Storm took into the rail, I was like, holy shit. And then from there, after – Oh, I know. I, okay, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. He came in. I think it was like a belly-to-back suplex. Like he came in it like was he was going to dive back. at him and yeah. then and pit through a belly-to-back. and just fucking That's what it was. Storm threw his ran ass at in the, him. Oh, my God. It's so loud. It felt like a what gunshot. What a spot. He like runs at him. And you're right. He caught him in like a belly-to-belly or something like that. And he just threw him over his head into the guardrail. I rewound that about three times. And Davis what isn't a spring chicken either, man. He's probably still feeling that one. Let's be honest. You know, you can act like a badass, but I'm sure he's still got some icy hot on the back after that one for sure. Is this guy? Can you believe this guy is forty? I couldn't. You told me he was forty, and I couldn't believe it. I, mean, I hope Jesus. I look like that when I'm forty. <laughs> I mean, I like to stay in top peak physical condition, but I mean, geez, I, I, I had no idea this guy was forty years old. I mean, I don't know if he wants that out there. I mean, it's out there anyway. It's not like we. Uh, texted him to find out the answer i mean it's public information but geez he's in tremendous shape he doesn't look for a guy looks like he's 25 years old but um listen i we need this man to have a bad match because people think we're blowing smoke i know it's embarrassing please have a bad match someone send me a davis storm match that stinks i i, I mean we, we just need to do it for those purposes but uh but no this is a great match i went four and a half on this i thought this was better yeah same 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 yeah i thought this was better than the Adam Brooks match that he had last month. Let's see if I'm an accurate star reader. What did I give the Brooks match? Four and a quarter. The Joe Lanza scale never fails. <laughs> Do you ever catch yourself doing that? You're like, oh, I liked this Okada match so much better than this other Okada match. And then you look at your notes and you're like, oh, wait, I rated the other one higher. And you feel like a dope. Yeah, you feel like a complete idiot. Okay. And you just have to like, like, maybe, ah, well, maybe adjust you know. one of them. Maybe <laughs> throw one down yeah, a little bit. Just, I gotta tell anybody, but in this case, no. I thought this was better than the Brooks match because I think that the uh, story elements, look, everything about it, I thought was better. Honestly, I thought this was perfect for what they were going for. The work was great, and um, you know, in all seriousness, um, Storm was excellent here. So was Pitt, and um, I did enjoy the show. I mean, it wasn't like a killer show or anything, but um, some of the other matches were good too. Yeah, easy watch. It was an easy like two and a half hour watch or so. So yeah. Easy watch is the best way to put it. EPW going for broke. It's on all the uh, pivot share sites. If you have progress, if you have power slam, if you have, I think EPW has a. They have a, a Vimeo, I want to say, a, a Vimeo link. But yeah, like you said, there's other options that if you're, you're subscribed to other things, you'll be able to get it from there. So. Yeah, I watched it on demand progress. So it's like all those sites are intertwined. Like it goes on one and then it's shortly up on all of them. So uh, chances are you have one of the services that have the show. I would highly recommend the main event for sure. Um, you know, it's one of the better matches I've seen this year. I don't think, you know, it's, we would flirt with my top 10. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really, it was a really fucking great match. So, um, 
that's EPW. How much time do we have? Um, I don't have a good timer going, so let's say 15 to a half hour. How about that? Uh, what are we going to blow up? See, I knew we weren't going to get to everything. Um, <sighs> do you want to quickly go over this GCW Acid Cup? I mean, I, yeah, it's been so cup. long that I don't really know if I have, like, we don't need to go match by match or whatever. I mean, it, No, no, we're not going to go match by match. We'll just give um, uh, big picture thoughts. This was the two-day Acid Cup from the, what, 19th and 20th? Yes, yeah, 19th and um, 20th. From an undisclosed so, location that looked a lot like the Voltage Lounge, but was undisclosed. So, and they were saying like they were in El Paso, Texas, and they were saying they were just uh, making up locations. Uh, Janella was on commentary by himself throughout both shows. He did a pretty good job, I would say. I, you know, I mean, seven his matches, yeah, he went in there, but I thought he was okay. Like he, he was the right tone for what you want for for a game changer. But he I thought he was right I thought he was solid. That's- not not just the right tone for Game Changer, but the right tone for the, these shows, which are charity shows. They're trying to get donations for these wrestlers who are out of work. Yeah, you know. So it's like, on one hand, I'm not going to come in here and be super critical of anything I saw because it just doesn't feel right. It wasn't that kind of show. Um, but my big picture thoughts are, um, <laughs> it's going to be funny saying that and then following it up with this. But I don't know who needs to hear this, but Jordan Oliver is bad. Um. I don't know how this guy is like a hyped indie dude and getting all these bookings and high profile bookings, man. He's look, I'm not saying he's always going to be bad. I'm not saying there's a chance that he can't improve, but right now he is not a good pro wrestler. And I don't say that about a lot of pro wrestlers, Um, but it's like the hot indie flippy flyer match is Jordan Oliver versus Blake Christian right now. And, I, I like I Christian. I think it's fucking trash, to be honest. Well, it's, and I just don't think Oliver's very good. No. Um, I think he's got something with his personality because he has a very punchable face. No, he uh, in this show, he was a great fucking heel. I mean, he, yeah. he's, he, yeah, like you said, as hyped indie guy, I hate him. But as like shithead that you want to see get his ass kicked, he's great. If he leans into his persona, there's something there. That I get. The bell to bell, man, he's got some catching up to do. And it seems like he gets booked. He think now they faced each other again on night two here, uh, Oliver and Christian. Again, it wasn't very good. Christian, look, I don't think he's even close to a finished package either. I will say this. These two shows were the best Blake Christian I've ever seen. I think I'm seeing improvement with him, and I kind of see what other people are seeing now. I don't think he's there, but if you asked me a week ago why, like, Will Ospreay is dying to work with this guy, I would have been like, I don't get it. But I'm now seeing him improve. And and look, wrestlers improve, and, you know, and and I'm seeing it with him. I'm not seeing it with, with Jordan Oliver. I'm just not. But Oliver's ahead of Blake Christian when it comes to personality. Yeah. And gimmick and and persona and those sorts of things, and and uh, getting his persona over, he's ahead of Christian in that respect. I think Christian is ahead of Oliver with the bell to bell. And I will say this: Benjamin Carter blows both of them away. He's good. Yeah, I like Benjamin Carter a lot. Benjamin Carter, if you're talking about U.S. indie flippy do guys, Benjamin Carter is the guy. Yeah, 100 percent agree. I, I mean, he had a, a match against Christian here. And I thought it was the best match of night one. Well, maybe the KT the KTB match was okay. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I thought the Christian-Benjamin Carter match, yeah, firmly was the best match on night one to me. 
And Carter, to me, is just a guy who has it. He looks like a better, you know what I mean? Like, his Blake's, you know, Blake, it's still very young, but still has to kind of work out his body and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, he's got the, he's got the basis of it down. Jordan Oliver looks like, I mean, he literally looks like a guy in your block that, you know what I mean? Like, but here's the thing, at least Oliver leans into that. Yeah, exactly, which I think is, is good for him. But Blake Christian, you see and you're like, oh, or, or Benjamin Carter, uh, you, you see him and you're like, oh, all right, yeah, that dude puts on, you know, another 10 pounds of muscle or something like that. But otherwise, like, he's got the superstar look. He's got it, the way he flies, the intensity, the speed, the – the everything kind of looks like it kind of hurts a little bit versus, like, where Oliver just looks like he's doing stuff. You can see it. You can absolutely see with Benjamin Carter that that's going to be a dude for sure. Benjamin Carter just seems like a natural. There's a, there's a spark to his work. Yeah. There's a crispness to his work already. And he, again, is very – look, he doesn't even have a cage match profile. That's how new at this he is. So we're talking about uh, wrestlers who are very early in their development, okay? Which is why I don't want to be super hard on and on any of these guys. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, same, yeah. But at the same time, we also have to be honest. We can't turn listen. our brains off. I mean, this is what the show is. We we criticize and 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 we both yeah. criticize and talk about how great. I mean, people are saying, "Oh, they, these guys are so negative," and we just literally spent twenty five minutes telling you about this incredible match and how much we loved it. So, fuck and, and, and 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 Benjamin Carter to me, I think it's like I have no doubt that. Within a certain time frame, this guy's going to be a top indie name in the country. He's going to be on PWG shows. He's going to be uh, – get in on the ground floor. I'm telling you right now. I, I feel almost the same way about this kid as I do about the Australian kid. What's his name? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. The kid we talked about a couple weeks ago that went to DDT. Oh, uh, uh, Royce, Royce Chambers or whatever. Royce Chambers. Yeah. Now, I think Chambers is ahead of all of these guys. I think Royce Chambers – Royce Chambers reminds me of where Will Ospreay was in like 2014, where, holy shit, this guy is a lock to be the next big thing. He just needs to get the experience under his belt because physically no one can match him at this level. That's how Royce Chambers hits me. And he's, you know, he like looks already like a cross between like, um, between, uh, between, uh, um, What's what's his new name? The guy that's in uh, Seth Rollins' unit, Mur- uh, Murphy. Oh yeah, Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Old he boy. looks former, like a cross- the former buddy, the former buddy Murphy. Yeah, yeah. He reminds he's like a cross between Buddy Murphy and Willow Spray is what he reminds me of, and I feel like physically that kid is just miles ahead of everybody else, and he just needs experience working with people and, and all of that. And I think Carter is like almost at, at his level of just being ahead of guys like Blake Christian. Blake Christian, I think, is trailing behind those two. But I see the improvements. And now, watching Christian on these two shows, I was like, all right, I kind of see what people are talking about now. So, you know, I, I'm turning the corner a little on Blake Christian. There's still a, there's something rough around the edges about him, though. He's still good for one or two minor botches per match, and those things get worked out with experience. Jordan Oliver, I think, if we're grouping these guys, is like way behind all of them. He's like light years behind Royce Chambers, way behind Carter, and he's trailing behind Christian now too. But the the weird thing is he's ahead of them with his persona. He's a tremendous punchable face heel. He's easy to hate, and that's a compliment. So that's kind of my big picture thoughts um, on the two shows. Uh, Chris Dickinson won the tournament. His match with Sanchez, Pinky Sanchez, was one of the worst matches of night. I just I can't get into Pinky Sanchez. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> so bad. Um, 
you know, I, I think you really liked the match Dickinson had with Alley Cat. Yeah, right? I was, dude, I was shocked. What did you think of it? It was all right. I don't know. I, you should talk about no, it. No, I'm not I, saying, I, okay. Now, full disclosure, I'm not saying it's our fucking match of the year or whatever. I was saying, I went into it going, oh my God, Dickinson versus Alley Cat, this is going to fucking suck. And I thought it was good. That that's as far as I'll go here. I thought I thought Alley Cat played a good role. I thought Dickens did a good job. It, I, I'm not a fan of intergender. I'm not really a fan of Alley Cat, but I thought this was one of the better intergender matches I've seen in a while, and one of the better, far and away, one of the best Alley Cat matches I've ever seen. Well, this it, is the best you're gonna see out of Alley Cat. I will give you that. I still now, don't think it was like. To be fair, Dickinson probably could have wrestled the cardboard cutout of John Cena that was at the show and had a pretty good match. So I'll say that. Dickinson was Dickinson. on fire. He was pissed. You could, if there was, if there was a man who could show you how upset he was that WrestleMania weekend got canceled, that was Chris Dickinson on this night. Yeah, I mean, Dickinson. I thought for only having one match, that uh, uh, Benjamin Carter was very impressive. I thought Blake Christian was the most impressive I've ever seen him. Dickinson was very good on the two shows, even if he didn't have. If he had rough people to work with, Shane Mercer is a guy I think has some potential if he could start working with the right people. Yeah, he's he's miscast uh, in GCW right now, I think. But yeah, and a lot of the other stuff was GCW stuff, which I'm not just not a big fan of the promotion. So there's no point in me really, you know, it, it, especially this kind of show. I mean, none of the Gage stuff on this show landed with me. I thought the Nick Gage matches were all pretty bad, honestly. Um, but one of them was against Jordan Oliver and it was just a walking brawl, which, I mean, that's what Gage is, but, um, you know, and Oliver pulling the upset and I get that's, you know, they're telling a story there. I understand. Um, and Oliver lost to Blake Christian in the semifinal because you can't have an indie show without doing Blake Christian versus Jordan Oliver, uh, these days. And then Dickinson won the tournament over Christian and that was okay. Um, you know, and the rest of it, I mean, I don't think there were two or three matches across the two days that I thought were utter shit. The rest of it was fine, and then I really liked Blake Christian versus Benjamin Carter. So that's how I'd sum it up. Yeah, they, they were good. I mean, like I, I didn't feel like I wasted my time watching them, but they're not like shows that I would, say, especially now, given like that it, we're a few weeks out from it. And at this time, it was like, this is all we have. Like, this is the last live wrestling we're ever going to get. It's what it felt like at that point. But thankfully, because we've had some other stuff. Um, I mean, it was fine. Like I enjoy, I, I would, I don't, I don't regret watching them, but it's not something I'd go out of my way to watch ever again. I thought the social well, distance match was, was interesting. And, and I think they yeah. did a good, a good job with it. It's again, like you said, I'm not going to come out here and go, this show fucking sucks when it's a charity show. But again, it's not one that like now that we're, you know, two weeks removed from it, that you need to go back and drop your calendar and, and, and go and rewatch it. Like it was fine. I can't, I can't give a strong recommendation to go watch this. I mean, you're really not missing much, but that's not Game Changers vibe anyway. Their vibe isn't let's go out and have No, it was a party. It was like, hey, we're yeah. all gonna be fucking broke as hell over the next two months, so let's have a party. Let's drink a bunch of coronas and yes. and, and smoke no, a bunch of vapes claws, and have and have fun. Claws. Yeah. No coronas, claws. Oh no, no, they were claws. drinking coronas. No Matt, Matt Justice. Matt coronas too? Okay. 
okay. They did, yeah. Janela had the uh, claws, I'm sure, but he's he's a claw man. But um, yeah, it was claws and weapons. Yes, well. yeah, yeah. No, so it, it was like that tone. So like, if you're cool with that tone, and and again, this is one that like I watched in the background. I had it on in the background. While I was doing something else. I was playing like MLB the Show or whatever. And it's like that. Like I don't think I could ever sit down and watch the show and be like, uh huh, uh huh. There you go. It's not that. It's 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 drink some beer and have some fun with your buddies type wrestling show, which is fine. Yeah. But you know, there's times where that's good, and there's times where I I don't want that, and you know. Whatever. A lot of some of it's sloppy. You know, it's not. Listen, it's it, look, these aren't PWG shows. Okay, that's the point here. It's, it's game changer. You know what you're getting into with game changer. So, um, you know, it was fine. I, I I skipped the clusterfuck. I you know. Oh yeah yeah short. yeah. No, that was um, yeah. <laughs> Good idea. That was bad. Blatant disrespect, to Pitbull, on both of these shows. My favorite rapper. No, he won. I think. He, no, 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 no. Hold on. He won. He won the clusterfuck, so... No, he didn't. Oh, he... No, he didn't, did he? No, he did. No, I think... No. Are you sure? Gage beat the Pitbull cutout at the end. Oh, Gage that's right. Yeah, that's right. Gage oh, he won, the but then there was like, wait, there's one more man who hasn't entered, and then, yeah, that's And right. then Gage yeah, came yeah, out, right, yeah. Right, right. I went right to the end. Fast-forwarded right to the end. He got really close, um, though. He re- he got real close to winning. But he did better than Cena did, so... Yeah. People are real confused right now. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but Pitbull's cutout got destroyed on night one, and that yeah. was offensive. Rich, you know that's my favorite rapper. Oh, of course. You just like have a good time and drink Dr. Pepper, so. That's right. I, I relate to Pitbull. It's a classy guy. But um, that was the uh, acid cup. We're going to wrap it up here, or do you want to sneak in? I think we're out of time. Yeah, we're about out of time. Do you have, I mean, we could quickly do Big Japan, but Joe, we might have time next week to talk about it, so why not? Let's. We're, we're also, you know what? The people that were worried about Russell 1, we're going to talk about Russell 1 hopefully next week when the show comes out, because Russell 1 is done. They're done, Zoe. They're can't they're they're done. But the show that their final show hasn't aired yet. So we're gonna hopefully be able to see that final show and then talk about it then. As opposed to just talking about it now and then, you know, watching the show next week or whatever. It's easier just well, to we're not gonna way, so. talk that topic twice. We'll watch the show and then talk about the end of Wrestle One and some We'll give the eulogy. How about a eulogy for Russell? Yeah, we watched the first Wrestle One show and uh, on this show. I remember us talking about it and we'll have yes. to watch the the final and one. And we'll then, do so. it for the last one with no fans. So coming full circle. But, uh, yeah, let's push the Big Japan the next week. Um, there's a show, actually, that dropped again that I haven't watched yet. So that that's actually a good Oh, that's plan. perfect, then. There you go. Okay. So that's it for us here. Anyway, patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling, as we mentioned, voiceofwrestling.com uh, slash Patreon as well. That is where you're going to go. Uh, subscribe to that new $10 tier, and then next week you can listen to the flagship live, raw, unfiltered, uncut, uncensored, whatever the hell you want to say. But then we're going to do that next week. So $10 tier uh, to do that. Again, voiceofwrestling.com slash Discord is where a lot of the, the, the nuts and bolts of the call-in will be happening as well. So make sure you're on there. And if you have any questions or you're not quite sure how it works, just feel free to reach out to me. I'm on there. I will answer your message and, and, and give you some help there. Uh, also, GetRoman.com slash VOW free two day shipping after your free online visit uh, with GetRoman.com slash VOW also VoicesWrestling.com for all of our uh, previews and reviews of this weekend to come and Wrestlemania and all that other good stuff so anyway uh, for Joe Lanza I'm Rich Kreitz we'll see you next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast take care <laughs>